Hello everyone and welcome to this Nintendo Life episode 180. My name is NBZ and uh, you know eventually Bally we will turn around in a full circle. I think I already made this joke last time but now we're actually here. We're literally backwards at 180. It's great. Uh, when we get to episode 316 we turn back around. That's when the true uh, you know the truth will be revealed to our eyes it's like in plato's cave right you turn or maybe we're at plato's cave now i don't even know what i'm saying hello this is mnbz what, what is plato's cave okay plato's cave was a thing which is this is relevant right because we're talking about hades in a second it's greek myth uh, plato's cave is this idea it's kind of this philosophy that it's kind of like the matrix right the idea of the matrix is that you live in this world that you believe is reality that isn't reality plato's cave um takes the idea that you have people who live in this cave and all they see in front of them is this wall with shadows moving about on it and they think that is reality they think that is the entirety of the world in which they live in is these shadows moving on this wall and then as soon as they are broken from that reality they go outside and they realize oh wait there's an entire world out here and, and that wasn't what reality was right um anyway it's philosophy it's uh interesting i can't believe you've never heard of plato's cave it's one of the most famous uh, things I don't in, know. Uh, I know. Plato's not even in history. Hades. How am I meant to know? Exactly. That's the thing. We've got our DLC character, Plato. There's a few, there's a few big characters I want to say from Greek mythology missing, but maybe they're yeah. not maybe they're in the story i've just not found them yet you know yeah we'll see uh anyway hi you're bali how are you doing bali? i'm doing well i've been playing a lot of games i'm trying to clear the decks before playstation 5 and there's a lot going on yeah too much one might say um or too little or the too little time who knows uh when you only play hades there's only so much you can do uh with your life uh but we will get to that um just before we start the show i'd like to give a shout out to a podcast i guest starred on uh, i was on the game for all show uh with my friend jordan who i met at the kind of funny meet and greet last year um and sean as well who I also met there and then their friend luke um so that is a fun show that you can go listen to and i talk about my history with nintendo and uh, we talk about the future of nintendo and, and fun things like that so if you want to listen to me guesting on another podcast i will put the link to that in the description of the show so you can go and click it um and uh, tell them that we sent you all that fun stuff it's a good and, show uh, yeah it was it was a great show listening. i had a great time um it was good fun uh cool so you can check that out we are going to talk about a lot of things on this show however Bally, do you want to enlighten the fine folks so we've got a two segment show this time uh, first segment we're going to talk about the games that we have been playing and then the second segment we're going to talk about another game that we've been playing uh and we're going to go deep and discuss mario 64 uh, obviously we're discussing all three games in the 3d all-stars collection and the first game up today is mario 64 so we've been enjoying that game and we'll talk about that in the second segment bring in some of your comments and your thoughts on the games absolutely it will be very enjoyable and i'm looking forward to it but first we gotta get down to business mally i've been playing fucking loads of hades and i cannot stop it is a drug i'm addicted so how many runs are you on i'm on 40 runs 40 See, i think i'm on third i'm on my 33rd and i've beaten okay. the game once yes you have and Congratulations, it was hard Bally. and i loved it and i'm so glad i did it and now apparently i need to do it nine more times uh-huh yes that's kind of the thing which when i heard that i was like man am i gonna do that i don't know because it was that's how i'm feeling currently but i think after my next win i'll feel the motivation i just need that next burst of energy which i feel like i Definitely. constantly get in hades where 
the highs and you, you feel the low when you when you die and you restart and then you think oh this this weapon is crap i'm never going to use it again and then suddenly you use it again and you know, now you're like this is the best weapon in the game what have i been doing wrong and i love well, this it's just boon. like the idea of the boon system and the way that it all interlinks right because you can just get combinations because there are so many gods with so many different weapons like and ten gods? the idea I think so, maybe eight or nine. I can't remember the full scope, but probably around that many. Um, and because you have this numbers game of like, it's randomized and, and who you get and what you get and what run and which boons they even offer you at that point in time, you're never really going to have the exact same run twice. And that makes it just so exciting in terms of, oh, I didn't realize I could do this, right? Like I had a run where I... So um, Devin was talking to me about this uh, kind of idea with the hero bow, which is a bow that you can, instead of throwing your cast, you load your cast into your bow. Um. So I had the Dionysus Trippy Fog. I loaded that into my bow. So when I shot my bow, I would shoot the Trippy Fog at an enemy. So it would hit them to do damage from the bow, but also it would blast out the fog. And so I would have to go and use all of my casts when I was shooting it but also, I got a duo boon from Demeter, which meant that after the, the trippy cast went out, there was frozen ice on the ground, which kept dealing damage to enemies who were still standing there. As well as, I had a Demeter special with my bow, which did like a super uh, chill blast alongside a charged up special. And it was just, it was fucking destruction. Like, I walked into that final boss and just wiped the floor with him because of all this stuff stacking on top of each other. And... I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to come across that again. Maybe I will if I do hundreds and hundreds of runs, but, like, man, you it can is kind of so help, fun. You can, there's things you can do to help you try and get a, a build. You, won't, you maybe won't get it the exact same way, but you can take the keepsakes of specific gods to make sure that they're, they're, that god will spawn next for the next boon you collect. But you can, you can never guarantee getting the right boon because each god has, like, 10, 12 different boons. Yes, and there's like, I think this is the other smart thing about the game, right, is the list of fated prophecies, which is basically a quest kind of achievement log almost of if you go out of your way to take stuff that you haven't used before, it will get ticked off a list. And then when you go back to the House of Hades, you will sometimes have finished that and then you get 150 gems or you get four diamonds or you get some Titan's blood. Um, I got six or eight Titans. No, I think it was 10. I got 10 Titan's blood for beating the game with all six weapons um which when i saw that wow. on the list i was like you know when i first started playing the game i was like i'm never gonna beat the game with all the weapons that's stupid and now i'm here having beaten the game eight times um you know having done it twice with the spear twice with the bow and once with each other weapon and i'm i don't want to stop uh so like looking at that list of you know you have to escape having used all the alternate versions of the mirror as well as the standard versions of the mirror and then you'll get a bunch of this stuff like i'm looking at all these things and i'm like well this is definitely a roadmap if i wanted to just keep playing this game which these types of games right they're endless roguelikes road lights whatever you want to call them they definitely have points at which you can stop but i think there is motivation here because once you finish the game or beat it clear it for that first time that's kind of just the start of another story in some senses right like there's a thing that you find out or you go somewhere and you're like oh and then you have to do it nine more times in order to kind of close out that arc and there are more kind of cutscene like uh all like interactive like bits in the past that you play through after that point like it, it feels very much like the story isn't done 
And that is also emphasized by the fact that credits haven't rolled yet. And I don't think they roll until you beat the game 10 times. Um, so, so yeah, I, I feel like it is still fresh for me. And that's the thing that is keeping me going is every time I roll in, I'm like, okay, I'm going to use a different weapon aspect or I'm going to try and change up the, the pact of punishment to make it so that enemies have 15% more health this time um, because then I'll unlock more Titan's blood and more diamonds and all this stuff. And it it all feeds into itself. Everything you do in the game has progression. And I, that is what is so satisfying about I, it. I think the game could have even two or three elements of like less pro- progression what i mean by that is i don't think it needs the weapon aspects or the the log that you were talking about i think it would be a fine infinite uh enjoyable game without those things i think it's just like almost the extra cherry on top to make it even yes. more enticing to play more because i had one run with one of the aspects it was the shield and it basically turns your throwing shield into a very slow large spinning wheel of doom essentially it's kind of like electo's blades on the ground right it just kind of sits there and just shreds through yeah right and i i basically put um uh aries's doom spin on my um, thing (laughs) and i this was quite early on i hadn't beaten the game at this stage and when you recall your shield it'll just like come towards you but you can just keep running away from it so you can just throw your shield out return it to you and then just keep running around enemies and it's just this doom wheel behind you just trailing along damaging all the enemies and they're all getting doom damage um so shit dude i can feel like with hermes what if you get the fast running speed from hermes alongside like extra dashes from hermes and you can just keep going infinitely without it returning to you because it doesn't return to you that fast does it no it just keeps going um and i must say like the one time i did beat the game was with the shield and i basically massively boosted the special to be um zeus's thunder and had the extra jolt damage and had the extra chance of double damage and then i sped up the special using like um the hammers so it was like a really fast just special attack um on top of demeter's like incredible cast which i'm crutching on way too much these days which is basically a, a laser beam going straight into the enemy and i got the and i got the laser beam to home in on the enemy on top of that and it's just like this is ridiculous so that's the one time i beat the game i feel like i broke the game to beat it so i'd like to beat the game a bit more fairly perhaps yeah no that i definitely feel that there have been a couple of builds where i've beaten it where i'm like this is just broken as hell like i just completely whitewashed the final boss and it wasn't even a contest um but there are even at this point right like every time i get there i'm still my heart is fucking pumping out my chest there is something about that final fight that is just really intense no matter what even if you have full death defies even if you roll in there with a great build you're still like okay i still need to focus here i still need to make sure i'm concentrating just because the attacks do so much damage to you that just one lapse of focus and you can really be hurting yes uh, I really like Artemis, not Artemis's, Athena's bronze skin ability, which just reduces incoming damage. Um, so you take less damage and you should get like the epic version bit, of that. It's a bit boring for you compared to what you've been describing with the... Oh, <laughs> the for sure. No, that, that, it is boring, but it's just really good survivability. And 
you know i i do like those survivability boons uh, strong drink is another good one from dionysus which means every time you find a fountain it will fully heal you plus give you an extra four percent damage and i got that early on in a run and by the end i had plus 20 percent base damage so it was just i was never worried like you know you're worried when you're fighting theseus in the minotaur that you're going to take too much damage and that means that when you come out the room you won't fill up super high on the fountain whereas like you can kind of be a bit more lax about that fight and then you can roll out with two hp and you're back up to full again just because yeah. of strong drink i mean i'm just trying um, to avoid using a death defy on them honestly like yeah I, I, no I've, I've rarely gotten out of that fight without using a death i think i've done it once or twice without using a death yeah defy. i yeah. generally do it without using one for the the most i'll lose now is one death defy on them but for the most part i can do them without doing it you you have to focus the minotaur first right asterius is much easier to just take down versus theseus and his stupid ash shield the un- other annoying thing is and this happened on my broken run is i was doing damage to them so fucking fast because they were both clumped together that i basically took off half their health bars at once very quickly which meant that theseus went into his god mode thing where he calls down a boon from a god that you don't have at that current time do we know why he gets boons is there a plot reason i i don't know he's immortal as well right technically even though i don't know basically doesn't um, make any sense points out oh the gods are working for him as well like early on and i thought oh this is interesting it's leading to like some reason why theseus gets boons and never i wonder if that gets revealed at some point in time right yeah Um, i don't know it's it seems against the theme of the story but at the same time the fact that the gods get upset with you when you have those rooms with double boons and you take one boon and then the other the god that represents the other boon starts attacking you feels a bit a bit much like they are very jealous of each other yeah and that's the greek gods right like right. there is this infighting <laughs> this kind of like superiority complex between them there's incestuousness there's like all that stuff and you know i studied classics at school and a bit of university i didn't you know back then it was much more like you know language stuff and 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 more about history and like stuff like that versus mythology but when i was younger i used to listen to audiobooks all the time about the greek gods and mythology and all that stuff so i i know a lot of stuff right like some people might consider it a spoiler that demeter is the mother of persephone right but that's just that's greek mythology you know and so it's interesting where stuff like that gets revealed and i'm like well yeah i know that that's myth every it's it's, it makes a weird thing in terms of what is a spoiler for hades because if you don't know greek mythology then you don't know that stuff but it's also like you know when people talk about spoilers for historical movies my sister gets annoyed by that as well and and i'm always like well it's history right you can't spoil history it's existed um and it's happened so Uh, but anyway you know it's 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 one of those things where i think because we all have this base knowledge of like in, to some degree everyone knows who zeus is right and so you have yeah. this ideal in your head for who is zeus but the way they put a twist on that and and even sometimes the way the dialogue works is zeus just randomly when i picked up one of his boons was like hey zagreus uh you know i i can you talk to your dad for me and like tell him that you know i feel bad and you know i forgive him and stuff like that and can we patch things up and i was like okay that just seems like dialogue out of the blue the next time i talk to hades zagreus brings up that random thing that i got just because i picked up a zoo spoon and has a whole conversation with hades about it and i think the care and level of detail with all the narrative stuff going on in this game 
is kind of mind-blowing because it it feels so natural that like yes the characters would react in this way and and respond to things that have happened but obviously supergiant has to write all that shit right like greg kasavin has to put hundreds of thousands of lines of dialogue into this game apparently there's, some podcast said there's like four hundred thousand lines or something in this game yes yeah it's a lot mind-blowing which means like you can play this game for hundreds of runs and barely see any repetition in it because it's been built and i wonder if that's part of the early access thing of over time that they've been able to do that um it's crazy to me this game is it's a miracle man this game is fucking insane i didn't you know when you talk about stuff that is mechanically satisfying to me the type of games i really enjoy top-down action is never in that conversation ever i never look at those types of games and i'm like i really want to play one of those but hades feels so fucking good it is like dungeon crawling in that sense of rooms with enemies and you clear enemies and you progress has never been something i've been like that's interesting to me and when when yeah the first time i picked up this game you know the the weirdest thing i thought the what felt weird was there's no jump button i was like (laughs) why are we top down and then as you play it more you're like okay well no it makes sense there's no jump button here i guess fine whatever but it it just kind of like this is more or less my first dungeon crawling game on top of the fact that it's like you know roguelite and all these other aspects added and yeah it's just it comes together so incredibly well and um one of the biggest surprises of the year i think for me personally although i know it was kind of on your radar yes I, but the thing is right like i had watched all the no clip stuff about hades i i've played bastion in the past i i kind of bounced off bastion it was okay i've never played transistor and i've never played pyre but i respect the artistry in those games yeah. and i i mean i intend now having played hades to go back and, and play those other super giant games just because you know i think i probably owe it to myself to do that at this point mm-hmm. in time um but it just looking from the outside in as you said like it's not the type of game i usually go in for and so that's the real surprise of it is that it it takes this genre that i am traditionally not caring about and turns me around completely on it um and and that's the the fun thing about you know branching out and trying things that you didn't think you would like before yeah. because sometimes it turns around and becomes your new favorite thing it's crazy and i think this game has made such big waves that i have heard a lot of people who aren't into the style of game giving it a go and being very impressed by it and that certainly was yes. my kind of attitude going in and it's really nice and a really good feeling absolutely fantastic uh, well i'm sure we'll talk about hades later on in the year um but uh but yeah Bali, you've been playing uh, some yeah. other stuff as well. I've been playing some other things. So I played a game called Minute, uh, which I think came out, was it last year or a couple of years ago? I think ago? it's a couple of years ago now, Minute came out. A couple yeah. of years ago. So this is this game's on Switch. It's on everything. I played it on Game Pass. Um, and in Minute, it's, it's another roguelite, uh, a very short one. I think you can beat the I game. don't know. Would I call it a roguelike or a roguelite? Because I think it's more a linear game that kills you every minute right (laughs) yes no it's a bit weird to kind of put in a box because it's kind of like a zelda puzzle game action game to some degree also like trading quest kind of adventure style thing it it's just kind of the gimmick is you die there's rogue elements certainly the whole killing and restarting is roguish i get that but like but you keep progression on certain things right if you find items and stuff like that yeah there's progression you keep items you keep unlocks you keep like where your home is but you're essentially progressing like this very um woven intertwined kind of adventure story as it were and yeah you die every 60 seconds uh you start in your house and 
essentially you progress things like a new you get a new weapon or you unlock like a bridge to somewhere or something and and most of those things stay in place when you die uh you can also just kill yourself instantly if you want to like because you can basically achieve one thing each run and then so if you if you've already achieved your one thing you might as well kill yourself kind of thing so yeah restart. restart it's a very like uh plain black and white style uh and like yes. a very quirky art design like you're playing as like this character that looks a bit like a duck like it's it kind of reminds me of the stupid quackers from sunshine in some yes sense. you are playing as a cataquack from <laughs> Super Mario sunshine um in black and white and and yeah so you're you're collecting like a, a key for a lighthouse that leads to this person and the person gives you something else that leads to this thing and i think the first maybe half an hour 45 minutes of the game felt really strong to me i felt really much like this is cool i'm gaining this thing i'm unlocking i'm in the desert now i defeated this boss to get this power up that leads me to this and i basically gradually mapped out the whole world it's a fairly small world and then i just kind of got stuck and maybe after about an hour an hour and 15 minutes i was kind of like there's a handful of loose ends but i just i don't feel like i have the tools to progress those loose ends and i really kind of got stuck with um some aspects and i think there's definitely one point where you need to go around to multiple people to get a thing i remember and there's a guy who's like underwater in a pond and like getting that guy i didn't realize how to activate him yeah he just wouldn't come up for me yeah it's just like yeah so there's there's aspects that are tricky but then even after that i felt there was stuff with the end game in particular where a number of things basically come to a point i think in one specific area of the game and i just think some of the telegraphing on what you're meant to do in that area could have been stronger and i'd even hint that maybe the fact that it is such a bold black and white art style maybe hindered the game slightly in that where some t- basically something you have to destroy and i was like i didn't even realize you could destroy that and i think right I don't the know interactable maybe... stuff and yeah, how clear if, that is yeah i don't want to be harsh and say if the game was in color you'd be it'd be clear that that's the thing you're meant yeah. to destroy but I, I i do think that partly because the game was in black and white it felt very obtuse to try and work out that that was what you were meant to do but up until that point and all the things i was discovering i was like very impressed by this game like i think it's a really fun cool take on i know it's not a roguelite like we were saying about the roguish elements the the, the yeah. restarting idea works really well and that's really i think the clever thing about it right is that you can change your start point so when you yes. find a new quote-unquote home base you don't have to start from the first area again because the size of the game is large enough to where you can't cross the entire place in a minute. It's just not feasible. No, so. no. And um, there's like some teleporting stuff that goes on later. And yeah, it's it, it's really cool in that sense. It's a very well-designed game. I just think that maybe there's just a couple of obtuse areas. But uh, I'm super glad to yeah. have played it. I think it's a really neat idea. And if it's, I'd say if it's on sale on Switch anytime, and I think it is a pretty cheap game, it's worth giving a shot. It's kind of... It's cool. It's it's a it's a, a single sitting game, a really decent single sitting game. Yeah, um, uh, it's and also like getting bogged down at the end is like relative because the whole game takes an hour and a half to finish, right? Exactly. So, I you know. I have no qualms with getting frustrated or stuck on shorter games because I just look it up, I find the solution, and then all of a sudden I've beaten the game, and it's like yeah that's i i'm very i'm i don't mind playing games i'm not 10 out of 10 on especially when they're under two hours like it's totally yeah cool um 
another game I've been playing, and this has been over the course of quite a while, and this is yeah. The Walking Dead Season 1. So this came out way back in 2012, but it is now on Switch like a million other things. Um, yeah. And I, the, again, I played this game through Game Pass. Uh, it's five chapters uh, telling the tale of uh, mainly two characters, Clementine and Lee, uh, but there's a series of other characters. And it's them basically surviving and getting through a zombie apocalypse uh it's, it was one, i guess it was one of the original kind of like zombie this was like before zombies became a massive trope i feel um, i mean zombies have been a trope for a while i i think but the walking dead comic originally yeah probably one of the the big early kind of uh, influences on on that genre yeah. in the modern era um but you know it was spun off into the big tv show which i think is i don't know if that still is around anymore it's still and still uh, going somehow but it's one of the from what i've heard from people from what people talk about this franchise's property the game is one of the strongest things in its arsenal across especially all the season basically. 1 yes especially season 1 yeah yeah i'd, I'd like i i had a, a blast playing this game i played it uh, through with caroline and we've obviously come off the back of playing last of us part one and part two both this year so somehow i've played three zombie games in 2020 which just blows my mind valley what's happening to you what is wrong with you talk about trying new experiences um uh-huh. but i really love some of the things this game is doing like there are some aspects that feel quite dated like some of the some of the way that character models move is can be like very puppet like and a kind of you know animation yeah. in video games has definitely come on a long way i'll just say it's kind of stilted right and, and telltale certainly had that style with all of their games and a lot of people were talking about when is telltale going to change their engine when are they going to come into the modern era and especially like we talked about tell me why on the patreon show yes how that game exactly. has taken yeah. this genre and has just like elevated it production wise and all that stuff totally and playing them side by side is very clear to see how that genre has taken off and evolved um but that's not to say walking dead just does some awesome things like i think the most unique thing it does and especially when you compare it to another zombie apocalypse world like last of us or something is being forced to make narrative decisions in a short space of time so stuff will happen that is action related and then it'll say do you go with this character or this character do you save this person or this person and it, and there's like this timed thing that you're being timed essentially 10 seconds to zero to make a, dis- a huge decision that's going to affect the story and impact these people's lives and i, I love that about this game it, it, it it's a, a the perfect way of creating narrative tension uh, through a video game you know like it's something you i don't think you could achieve through watching the walking dead for example on telly or yeah. you know reading the comic or and we've talked about how last of us does creates that tension in other ways but i think what's unique to walking dead is this clear pick this or pick this do this or do that how are you going to do this and a lot of those decisions they don't put a time pressure on and those are fine but i think it's the moments and crucial like narrative plot points where you're forced to make the big decisions that I think created some of the most successful chapters in, in the series season, I should say. And like, it was really cool. I like each chapter I felt was almost like a story in and of themselves, especially like chapter two, for example, I know your favorite was chapter three, my personal favorite yes. was chapter four. And like, I, I think chapter five, like has its own kind of, moments but i think is generally a, a bit weaker and uh, it's I more of like a wrap-up really yeah, it's a way um, of just wrapping it up but like uh, it's interesting to see how the genres come on but i'm so glad to have played like one of the original 
you know narrative uh telltale games uh in video games i guess way back from 2012 like it, it's i don't know how well it would run on switch but it's definitely worth uh giving a shot again if it's on sale i'd highly recommend but maybe not full price i don't know like i i had a really good time with it and would, would highly recommend yeah walking dead season one yeah um it uh i think when i played it back then it had a big impact and this is kind of similar to journey right like where you're playing a bunch of these games that i played when they came out at the time yeah and i I feel like journey probably hit similarly to when it hit me um and maybe walking dead a little less so just because you've gone through stuff like last of us and last of us part two but still probably you know narratively i think still holds up pretty well yeah i mean i think i think this game has a really special place alongside last of us like i don't I think that obviously there are aspects that overlap, but I think generally it's doing a very different thing in its own really cool way, which I think is... Like, I wouldn't say don't play this game just because you've played Last of Us or vice versa, to be honest. I think they do do enough right. different things that, that it's it's interesting. Great. Cool. Okay. Um, well, Bali, let's close out this segment with Genshin Impact. Another game that was just completely off my radar. <laughs> I mean, fuck, man. So I've known about this game for a while because of the Breath of the Wild comparisons that have been happening. Um, it was like maybe either early this year or late last year where trailers were floating around for this thing. And I was like, that's a fucking ripoff if I've ever seen one. Um, and so this game is coming to Switch this year, I believe, at some point. Not on it yet. Um, I, I wonder how it's going to run because it's real chunky on PS4. I've tried it on PS4. Mainly played it on PC, though, where it runs beautifully um i don't know where to start with genshin impact bali it's just a fucking disaster and beautiful you've not spent any money on it which i think is a success no which is good but you want to you're about to say okay so let's oh let's try and boil down (laughs) so genshin impact is from chinese developer uh miyoho games and they have made a anime single player with co-op breath of the wild style action rpg with gacha mechanics that has vibes of dragon quest and also daily quests and mmo fields but also the joy of discovery breath of the wild it's just all these things and it is a lot let me tell you this is a game that engages Bally panic mode, right? If you think that Grounded <laughs> made you panicky, if you thought that Sea of Thieves... Does it have a tutorial? Kind of? Kind yes. of is not good enough for me. I need a clear, defined tutorial. That's what I like. It's, it's kind of like um, it will pop up, hold this button and press this button, and it'll pop up like a little picture, and it'll say below, like, oh, by the way, if you mix electric and fire damage it will cause overcharge and that will do more damage to enemies if you string it together things like this so there's elemental things going on here chemical reactions one might say similar to what happens in breath of the wild but that's Mm. mainly in combat so um what i'm here to say is that i can't stop fucking playing this game alongside hades it's it's got its hooks in me and i think part of it is it has the beauty and the serenity and the kind of the music is kind of Dragon Questy to some degree, but also does have that sparsity that it, that Breath of the Wild kind of goes for, where you're exploring the open wilderness and there's not a huge amount of there's like piano plinky plonks here, and yeah, there, like but trills here and things nature. there, and and the sound of the wind and and the kind of breeze going by and those sorts of things. There's a real stark beauty and elegance to the world that comes across instantly i i would say and it your mileage does it feel as solid as breath of the wild breath of the wild feels very like there's no rough edges you know does this feel yes 
finished in that way. There is a sheen and a polish to it for sure. Like really nice animation. In some senses, like the climbing animation, because of course it's the same as Breath of the Wild. You climb, you glide. That's kind of your main traversal. Uh, and the climbing animation is like literally the same. Like ripped straight from that game um it even does the same thing of like picking up ingredients on the ground or like bugs or enemies it's just a one button click and a little sound effect and it just goes into your inventory do you think right? nintendo lawyers right now are trying to look for legal no ground to have a no and, and i, I think that's the dangerous thing right because i i don't like this idea of you cannot copyright game mechanics that just inhibits creativity it inhibits like the ability for iteration that's just bad i i True. very much I, i'm talking that. about like specific animations you can probably copy well the thing is they're not like taking code from breath of the wild they're just replicating what they've seen like it's not exactly the same right um anyway where was i i don't fucking there's so many things to kind of dig into here the the beauty of the game the 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 kind of vibe of it it, it's your mileage may vary just because it's really fucking anime there's this character called paimon who's like next to you your whole time she's like a little fairy lady she floats in the sky she has a scarf that shows like the cosmic universe like it's kind of riffling around her neck and there's stars and stuff floating around and anyway she's just basically the most annoying anime character you can ever imagine like hey it's me paimon paimon we can go and have fun in this adventure you know that very high-pitched very very navi-esque right in some senses i'm kind of okay with that kind of like water off my back kind of rolls i've seen enough anime at this point to be like whatever that this is a character that exists i know there will be people out there who that will drive up the fucking wall so i'm just going to put that out there as a warning paimon is here and paimon is here to stay however the writing and the dialogue around paimon is very funny because your character will often so another weird thing your character is a mute but in the first cutscene, your character speaks so i don't know what's going on there there's voice acting for your character but then they don't talk ever again and when you're talking to other characters you choose dialogue options it's weird um but all the other characters speak there's lots of voice acting in the game it has more of a traditional story in terms of you're following quest lines you're not kind of doing this non-linear thing so you are going down a path and talking to different characters but anyway the dialogue's really funny because it's all about like it's just very quippy and um talking like in a way that that feels i don't know like reverential like the idea that you keep coming back to this thing about paimon you're going to eat paimon and paimon is delicious food and there's lots of memes going around twitter of paimon and rice and stuff like that it's just it's doing the meme thing kind of well in terms of its, its writing aspect um but yeah you, you kind of like meet this cast of characters and the difference the main difference i would say like is combat wise and mechanics wise where there's no breakable weapons you have these different characters who you can get yes by doing a gacha thing where you go into the wish menu and you do your 10 wishes and you will get a new character and each character has an element associated with them whether it's fire or wind or ice or um water all of them will come with that one element and that will be the kind of special move they have will be associated with that and so mixing these together so like if you freeze an enemy with kaya who's an ice guy and then you use dialuk who is a fire guy to use fire on them you'll do way more damage because those elements are interacting with each other same with electric and fire same with 
water and fire they all have different effects and they will all just make combat much easier for you you'll do more damage over time and stuff like that so so each of these characters you can get from those pulls but the game does give you four free characters just as a part of playing through the story so you'll have a full roster and it's interesting because when you're fighting enemies you're constantly switching on the d-pad between these characters and there's a slight cooldown when you switch from one to the other but for the most part you want to play this game where like you have your bow person you have your heavy weapon person you have your regular sword guy and you're just constantly switching between them because you want to pop an ice spell on this guy and then switch to the fire very fast so it's much more frantic it's much more actiony there's not really a dodge button button there is a dash so you do have kind of leeway in terms of getting out of the way of enemies but now the enemy's big jrpg style things oh that yeah take a lot like of tanks that take a lot of damage and you're running around them attacking. for sure numbers are popping off man numbers are popping oh, you're numbers. seeing them in the air love those numbers gotta love them there are giant slimes that just look like dragon quest slimes right like it, there's influences like worn right not even on the sleeve like fucking tattooed into the skin of genshin impact <laughs> is what's happening here with its influences um and so are there shrines kind of there's there's like dungeons right there's like mini dungeons that you find and they're gated by level oh god let's get into leveling so you level up your characters either by fighting enemies or you pick up these items which you go into the menu and you feed them to your characters they're like books and then you use the books sure and the this books. isn't a jrpg with action it is elements. it is that's what i'm trying to say right like it, it is a jrpg but it's a free-to-play j- the other thing right that i haven't even mentioned it's game free just download it <laughs> like you just go just go whatever thing you have it's on phones for fuck's sake you can play it on a mobile device i don't know why you'd want to do that but apparently it runs really well and there's cross-play between pc and mobile Anyway, and this, I think you can tell about it. I've gone down seven different tangents talking about this game because there is just so much going on and it's really hard to kind of like put it down into one bucket because it, it isn't. It's just all these different things. And like the weird thing is that it works, right? Like the character leveling feels weird, but then you feed your guy a bunch of books and he's level 30 now and he does a bunch of damage. There's also an adventure level. And I think this is where the game actually is at its strong the the part of the game where it's at its strongest is where i am just wandering around and i see a weird little kind of spirit thing and the spirit thing's like floating on top of a tree and i'm like all right how do i get up to that tree all right i'll try and climb up here and then i can like float down with my glider and catch it and then it will start moving towards another area and you're like oh, okay now it's up over there i need to platform my way climb all the way up there to the top hit it again and then it's going to go down into the ground and find its final resting spot and it will kind of go into this little uh, statue and a chest will open and when you open that chest, you get experience points for your adventure level. Your adventure level kind of encompasses your entire party. It's like your main progression through the world. And no matter what you do, doing main quests, side quests, finding chests, fighting enemies, your adventure level is the one thing that always progresses, keeps getting uh, bigger and bigger. And you're always rewarded for that, right? Every time you gain a rank, you go back to the main town and you can get rewards for doing that. And that's... But the, the thing that ties into this is it does have all those mini little puzzles that Breath of the Wild does. It has like, oh, there are these weird rock formations. What if I just hit three of these? Oh, a chest appeared. Great, I got some stuff. There are four carrots in the ground. Let's pick up these four carrots. Oh, 
because I got the carrots, a chest appeared out of nowhere. Um, there are many challenges. Like, you go over to this challenge area. It'll be like, okay, glide through these three rings and then collect this thing in the sky. Boom, you got a little thing and it added to it. There are these things called animunculus, which remind me of Infamous, the shards in Infamous 1 and 2, where they're just littered all around the map. And by finding them, you can then spend them at a statue to increase your stamina gauge. So I'm looking on the map all the time to be like, oh shit, there's an animunculus in the sky. How do I get over there? Um, there are like little wind sprites that move around on the ground and you have to walk from one to the second one to the third one. And when you get to the third one, it will push up a, a kind of gust of wind in the air and you jump on your glider and you glide up into the sky all these tiny little exploration details and like the joy of discovery and finding places and and getting rewarded for finding that stuff is fucking here in this game and they almost do it as good as breath of the wild it's it's crazy to me that this game has achieved that it is ridiculous but yet also it's this weird action rpg and also it has gacha mechanics and also it has the vibes of dragon quest and it's and it's not even finished because there's a prologue that you're playing through and then when you finish the prologue there'll be another area you go to and they're going to have like seven chapters and it's going to be released kind of like on a schedule so you could say it's in early access to some degree because the full thing isn't finished Bali, I I, probably sound like a fucking raving lunatic this entire however long I've been talking about this game what I will say is just try it for yourself um, and I think when it comes out on Switch, hopefully that will have cross-play as well and cross-progression, so I won't have to start again um, from my PC file. Um, Sony don't have that, but I think that's because Sony are being weird as usual. And uh, I hope it runs well on Switch because it, it has that kind of art style where, similar to Breath of the Wild, it, it's obviously a lot crisper, a lot sharper, um, mm. but it, I fucking, I'm, I like it a lot. Yeah. And I... I don't understand. Definitely sounds like giving a go as it's free, you know, like it's no, yes, no investment. Yes. And, and what, there's no so barrier to entry. Talking about the story, and there's like going to be chapters or something. Like, so yes, uh, is there a finite point you can get to at this point in time that you're working towards? I believe so. Yeah, there's like there's an end to the story content. So I'm kind of at the end of the prologue now, and I'm kind of going to the area where I think I'm going to face a boss, and when I fight that boss, then I think that section will end and then it'll go into act one but i don't actually know how much of act one is available at this point in time i know there's a whole region of the map that i haven't even explored yet that i want to get to because that's the best part of this game is doing the breath of wild stuff running around climbing on things exploring you know how it works and i think that's the thing to say right is there there is a pure magic and bliss and awe and wonder to breath of the wild because this game doesn't have the kind of look into the distance oh i want to go there and see that to some degree it does with like the red lighting for teleport stations and, and those types of things but not in the same way of like a giant ruined collapsed area or or a kind of guardian field of dead guardians those types of things that drew your eye or even the giant statues in the desert right mm. there is a sense of magic and like unbelievable nature to breath of the wild where this game doesn't have that feeling for me but it still feels really good you know like i i I would say that the mechanics of the breath of the wild stand up but when i think about breath of the wild it's not those mechanics that make it the special game that it is and i've been trying to like figure out like why is it that this game doesn't feel like breath of the wild and part of it is that i think it is just this this almost nameless like you can't even put your finger on it type of deal with that game that this doesn't capture just because it's not not kind of going for it in the same way um 
it's like taking the mechanics but without the source you know it's like you know a recipe but there's a secret ingredient and you can try and figure that out but it's almost impossible to do so and until you have that until you know what that secret ingredient is you're never going to create the same greatness that the other thing was you know um right cool so yes anyway genshin impact it's a fucking thing uh i hope any of what i said made any sense i don't know if it did um but i'm playing a lot of it uh and you know it has daily quests as well so you're going in there daily you're collecting your dailies and i I think we should just talk about the free-to-play elements of like yes you can pay money to get characters don't do that don't do that you're gonna get so what if you start put with money characters you don't like are you just stuck with them for the rest of the i mean they work you get free like the, rolls you do so i've done my free rolls and that's why i have some of the best characters because i got lucky so i got a five star d look who's like the best character in the game can you unlock more free rolls without paying money probably over time like okay. it feels like fire emblem heroes where they'll just give you a bunch of orbs at some point and be like here here you go it's a celebrate i don't know uh it's uh celebrating uh slime day slime day today let's give you 10 rolls uh basically type of deal i think that's probably going to happen at some point in the future but i think at the moment just because they have so many people joining the game and stuff like that and, and hitting big numbers they're giving a lot of stuff away for free and that seems to be what people have said the way gacha games get you is they get you in the door with all these free rolls and these f- great things and you're, you're making so much progress eventually probably you'll start to hit a wall and i'm a little worried about that i do hope that the story content is just finishable without having to hit any of those walls but we'll see i might have to check in the future with genshin and tell you how it's going but um awesome for now i love it it's great have a great time so and also i think this is another weird point immortals phoenix rising is coming out in december and i'm like boy i don't know how that's gonna do now that genshin impact is here and it's free you know like are you gonna put 70 pounds down for a ps5 version of immortals gods monsters phoenix rising fucking whatever the hell that name is um because i don't it's kind of kind of looks like it's doing the breath of wild thing but genshin is also doing it maybe better i don't know yet we don't know it's weird anyway that's that's my thoughts uh cool we'll take a break here we'll come back after it and we'll talk about super mario 64 your thoughts our thoughts everyone's thoughts don't go anywhere we shall be right back Alright everyone, welcome back to the second half of the show. It's time to celebrate Mario Bally. You know, this small little plumber boy, he hasn't had his uh, his just desserts yet. You know, he's been around for 35 years and 
You know, no one's really given him his due. So we're here to do that with our celebration of Mario to finally, someone will finally, um, you know, talk about Mario in a positive he's way. He's so underrated, Mario. You know, not, not many people have heard of him. No, he's, uh, you know, very kind of like obscure video game character. And uh, yeah, we're celebrating Mario with all the 3D collection and we're kicking it off today with Super Mario 64 Bally. Let's start here. What's your history with Super Mario 64? Do you remember the first time you ever played Super Mario 64? Uh, what What do you recall from it as a child? Out of all the sort of friends who owned N64s, which when we were growing up genuinely wasn't many, I don't remember any of them playing Mario 64. If they did, I was never there when they played it. So I have like no memory of playing it originally uh, or even seeing it being played originally. And genuinely the first time i played it was mario 64 on the nintendo ds on the launch so that was in 2005 yes um and do you remember before that came out because we were reading official or nintendo official magazine as it was back then and originally the ds version was called mario 64 x4 like mario 64 by 4 in terms of it was supposed to be a four-player multiplayer version of mario 64 and then it turned out that wasn't actually what it was it was just that you had these four playable characters to go through the castle with in mario 64 yeah and and like there's some really good things about that game that the original version doesn't have like the there's extra stars the four different playable characters uh there's actually a camera that will align behind your character by pressing the l button um and there's loads of great stuff about that game obviously the d-pad was a huge drawback but to my in my mind in 2005 i didn't i didn't i didn't care about that sort of thing i wasn't like overly fussy about controls back then and for me even coming off of super mario sunshine that i'd played a couple of years beforehand uh it still felt like a really good solid modern mario game for sure yeah and and it was uh it was at the launch of the ds right so it was like day one that was the main thing that we had to play aside from warrior where touched of course our favorite um but but yeah i also played it for the first time on ds however i had a very like i have this really hazy memory of being at one of my sister's friends houses and her older brothers had an n64 with mario 64 on it so i played it for all of i think 20 minutes to half an hour not really understanding anything that was going on not really knowing how to use an n64 controller but i have this very hazy memory of like trying to move mario around a castle and jumping in things and stuff like that um so technically yes i i have held a n64 controller and played mario 64 years and years ago but literally it's one of the haziest memories i have i just i think it's one of those things that in hindsight i was like oh when i went to that place back then that's what i was doing i was playing mario 64 because at the time i didn't know what it was or what was going on at all is your memory Um, hazy or are you just referring to the game's visuals uh yeah i'm talking about hazy mazy cavey <laughs> our favorite there's one. a lot of haziness in Mario. There's, there's a good amount of haziness for sure <laughs> yeah um so yes and, and we played it then on the ds and the ds version was fun i think the other thing about the ds version has updated character models so mario looks more in line with i guess that mario period of time mario yeah kind of yeah or or, or like ba- the bowser model is updated to be to reflect the modern look that bowser had um because the bowser in this game is just ridiculous his giant head and the way he looks is nothing like bowser represented in mario media these days whereas that bowser um was yeah. much more of a uh hey early 2000 like bowser which kind of looks similar to how bowser is portrayed today bowser hasn't changed a huge amount since they kind of clarified his look back then um so 
so yeah i uh i really liked it as well back then and we both finished it uh, and we i don't think we both got 150 stars i got 120 or so um so so yeah and there were lots of bonus ones. yeah i want to say i was up at like 80 or 90 i don't think i got quite as high as 120 i don't know yes and uh, i was i was watching a bit of the ds version uh recently because uh dan of project falcon punch was streaming some of it and he went into one of the extra stars and it was one of those arenas that was actually used for a multiplayer mode that i remember us playing a good amount of you would run around the small area and you would try and collect silver stars or oh, yeah. try and like make one uh, gold star out of them and it was basically a, a race between the two players or how many four players to to get that stuff which i guess is where the 64 by 4 multiplayer stuff got sectioned away into was that kind yeah. of part of the and game obviously all the mini games with that game which were awesome yeah absolutely love those mini games but um anyway let's talk about super mario 64 today we both finished it we both played it how many stars did you get bali i this finished version? including the final bowser star on 101 stars so wow, i got every it. single star on the 15 stages a so i got the six stars for all for all 15 stages i did not get the 100 coin star in any stage okay by my maths i think that works out at me getting like five or six of the castle stars but it felt like more i don't know because i got a couple of the red star stars um red coin stars on the first two bars of levels and then i got two stars for the the slide and i got the one with the wing cap and i got all the stars you get from the toads so that's already more than five so i don't yes, quite exactly. understand how the maths works on that but yeah. okay weird well anyway i i got 95 um there were certain stages where i was like this was fucking shit i'm not doing this anymore where i kind of gave yep, up on it yeah there's um, some there's some hard moments and i just you know me i like to slam my head oh yeah stubborn Bali say, I'm, I'm not, for his I'm stubbornness. not leaving the stage till i beat it i'm i'm gonna beat it exactly so i beat um great so so yeah i i kind of wanted to go through each stage and kind of talk about it as we go but maybe let's get some kind of top level thoughts here how do you think this game holds up generally bali like talking about all aspects visuals control music everything how how coming out at the end of it are you still do you still think Mario 64 deserves to be held in high regard by people? So I should have said on the sort of history of Mario 64, I did, I basically with our, at school, there was a lost and found essentially place and someone handed in like Mario 64 and no one wanted it. So I said, I'll have it. So I do actually have a cartridge of Mario 64 on the N64 that I got way later in like, I want to say 2007, 8, 9. Um, and I tried that on my N64 and I was like, wow, this game is rough. I, I'm, I don't want to touch Mario 64 again. I like my DS version. I don't want to think about it. So I was, in that sense, since that was the last time I touched Mario 64 on an N64, I was very nervous about how this game would hold up, how it would feel. And I didn't think I'd come away as positively as I have come away with. And I actually think the majority of the game holds up really well. I think it's a good difficulty. I think that there are obviously some real frustrations with it, but it... I think it is an in, does it hold up as like a modern classic as in like would it get an IGN 10 today definitely not I think it would struggle no. to get you know maybe a seven but like is it mm, I don't know I think it's probably like looking around that eight five to nine range potentially but is yeah. it like one of these games that historically is incredibly important and all these things that like, I couldn't agree more with that sentiment like this is an incredible this is a seminal game it's incredibly important and having played it recently you really understand 
why it is so important. So I thought it was fantastic. I think there are some really rough spots. I think, as we've already said, it's a real shame that it's not getting a proper remake with this collection. It is very much a quite a clean port, but on top of that, I do think visually it has been updated, which looks decent. Um, yes. And most of it holds up. There are some really rough patches, which I'm sure we'll get to, uh, most notably the camera, but I'm sure we can talk about that. But I was very yeah. pleased overall. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, I enjoyed myself a lot. I think even when I was dying a lot and just constantly being like, fuck, why? This sucks. This is stupid. Uh, I still kept wanting to jump into that painting and do it again. And I think there's, it speaks to something about the snappiness of the game, right? Um, let me see if I can find one of these comments. But one of the comments was talking about how quickly uh, you were able to jump into every part of the game and, and how it was, you know, it, it's like, each star so here we go from pr billy he said i forgot to add that levels are relatively small which leads to less frustration when mess when i mess up a jump or something most stars take about two to five minutes to get and that is absolutely like one of the best things about this game is you can just storm through a level in like under 10 minutes basically and get all six stars especially early on in those first levels it's crazy how fast you can just blitz through the stars in this game um especially if you're good if you know where to go for them which helps right i think part of it is you know just understanding what the game wants from you a lot of the time um which back then would have been much one of the weaker areas i would argue for sure like i i think that I loved the fact that it was so quick to get stars. And part of that was that I've dropped into this level. I All I'm given is the title of the level. And you're not even given any like camera reference as to where the star is or what you have to do. And I think that's where games later like Sunshine, Galaxy, Odyssey, so on are so much stronger in that sense where when you're dropped into the level, especially with Sunshine and Galaxy, the camera will zoom in on an area. It might be a boss, it might be a, a, a star, or it might be like an, a, just a, a suggestion that you maybe need to go here because that's where you need to do something in this area to unlock the star. And this game, none of that. It just plops you in and you're given the title of the star and you just have to, just have to work out from there. So I think it's a shame because I do actually think the technology for that camera zooming in and panning around is there in the game because you actually see that technology when say you collect six uh red coins and a star appears and then the camera will like pan to where the star is and you get a reference of oh right okay the star is over there it, it would be awesome if when you drop into the level on the other than just the title you get say the star is at the top of a, a mountain for example like it often is in a lot of these levels if the if the camera just panned and said, right, that's where your, your target is, that's where you need to go. And that's a very simplistic example, but there are some really complicated like things to work out what you're trying to do. And and honestly, for I would even want to say the majority of stars, I would just like look up a quick YouTube video of like, what on earth do you do in this level? And just like go from there because there was just on so many of them, there was just no way I was gonna like work it out genuinely. Like I think it is right. It's very unless, of course, you have the very specific knowledge. The one I think of the most is blasting into the wall. I think it is from Womp's Fortress. Right, that's like um, very specific. It is. It like <laughs> this kind of weird corner of this strange like. <laughs> 
textured polygonal kind of pointed out part of the wall and you have to blast your cannon right up that point and then the point explodes into smithereens and a star is sitting there on this very weird slant and it's like if i didn't know that from when i was a kid and just have that memory yeah how like am i just going to be slamming mario into walls constantly and just trying to figure out it just yes so so for sure there's definitely a level of obscurity i mean i wouldn't say like it's adventure game level but it's almost like verging on that level of like what the fuck am i supposed to do here yeah it's like the levels Um, are as much puzzle box dioramas as they are kind of platforming levels they're almost like a hybrid between the two um and i don't think i while there are really puzzly stars in games like i think sunshine especially but uh galaxy as well it's always Okay, some of them are crazy obscure in Sunshine. I'm not trying to defend that, but like it's always like a little more suggestive, especially with cameras and the titles and the way that it introduces you to the level. Uh, whereas this yeah, game definitely. Yeah, can be very obscure. And like you said, looking up those YouTube videos, none of those pass the two minute mark for the most part, right? Yeah, and I'd watch them on double speed and I'd just like whap out my phone, yes. type in the title of the star play it on double speed and i i know what i've got all this knowledge from watching a one minute at double speed video and then i just jump back in the level and i'm i'm doing it and like that was a really fun gaming loop for me with this game yeah it's like i would i could blast through stars as you were saying like very quickly i think in total it maybe even took me between on the low end of 10 to 15 hours i'd say like 10 11 hours to even get 101 stars or whatever which yeah is i haven't i haven't many. checked my my switch but it's probably it's maybe a little bit skewed because i did stream a bunch of um sunshine and, and galaxy yeah. so and i know you're like asking your stream for like a lot of tips and things as well so like there's definitely that yes yeah there's you, that you need, you need the clues definitely so according to my switch i played for 10 hours or more but that's probably verging closer to the 15 i would imagine yeah um obviously they don't track anything exactly so thanks nintendo for that <sighs> But yeah, I, I guess uh, to, to close out my kind of overall thoughts, I, I actually think the visual overhaul being at 720p is, it just makes the game a lot more readable, right? I think part of the reason when you jumped back when you were younger into Mario 64 on the N64 is because, man, that game's fucking blurry, right? Like back then. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And so some of the stuff with the text that they've done, some of the stuff with just making it a crisper image of Mario. The titles, the lives, the... Yeah, yeah, really all that stuff um, just just makes it a lot more appealing and easy to kind of read everything that's going on. Um, And then also just the movement that Mario has. I think he doesn't quite have the aerial movement that I think that Sunshine and Galaxy tend to do better, but his toolkit and his abilities just the flexibility you have with movement generally feels great and it still has there's an instinctive like mechanical joy to moving mario in 64 yeah um and despite the fact that sometimes like you're up against a wall and he's like shuffling against it and you're like no turn around and then he like turns to the right and you're like no turn towards the camera and then he, like turns back and you're like okay mario yeah. like they, they hadn't fully gotten there but for a first run like yeah it, it feels great you know when you take the so. camera out of it it really does feel near perfect in terms like his movement um there is one exception i would argue okay is the wall jump Um, all right yeah i think the wall jump feels like a 3d version of the super metroid wall jump honestly like it's got a weird you've got to be i don't know how you even explain it you've got to be 
the right distance and have slid just the right amount before you attempt to jump off the wall. Whereas in modern, I think from Sunshine onwards, that was a very much a clear, you almost hear like, and, and visually see Mario's hand just shh, making a shh noise. Yes, sliding yeah, I down know the what wall. you mean. It's like, right, if I can see and hear that shh noise, I know that I can press A again and Mario will wall jump. Whereas this game is a lot more... Um, less clear about that like it's a it's a smaller window it's a tighter window and i'm not saying the game asks you to all jump that much it's quite rare but there are a few where you definitely need it and it's not quite as uh perfect let's say as his other movement options which do generally feel really good yeah that's it and it's weird because you can do a wall kick as well as opposed to a wall jump and that's like somewhat different isn't it or is that am i thinking of the same thing because you you can like use his punch ability to kick on the wall as you're going into it and that will the, I, good question i think the movement feels the same but i think the animation might be different like depending yes. on when you're next to the wall but i don't know right i don't know anyway mario punches in this game how much did you punch uh when you were going through because i found myself never really using it yeah i mean i do the dive and i would jump on goombas but i don't i didn't ever punch a ton um honestly and yeah it does feel weird having that i think part of it is because you don't get coins right if you punch enemies right and they kind of replicate that with uh galaxy where if you run through an enemy you get star bits but if you jump on an enemy you get coins like it right if you spin an enemy and they die then yeah they explode into magical dust versus getting (laughs) health that you want so there's a bit of strategy at play there you often want Um, the star bits more than the coins but yes yes very very true um but but yeah so i think generally this game still great right like i like it a lot i still enjoyed playing through it even in its most annoying moments i was like you know what still having, i'm still having a good time i'm still gonna keep jumping into that painting yeah no matter how many game overs i get which again you know archaic thing that we've now kind of it's, finally it's, like th- four games later with odyssey have fixed the live system but um yes but yes uh, there's some rough good. parts but the majority holds up really well and it's it's fun for that great um well let's get into some details then we're going to go through each stage in the game i don't know how long we'll spend on each one but i think what i would like to do is talk about each stage and then give it a ranking out of five stars um we can do that individually or if we can decide together on a ranking valley i don't mind but uh but whatever we want to do i will agree on most anyway yeah and we can we can go through like the the type of stars because i think there's generally as you play this game there's a certain type of star that keeps repeating sometimes and then there's somewhat unique ones um we can talk about the size of the stages their difficulty level all that kind of stuff and kind of come to a consensus of uh of how we feel about these things but before we start i want to just talk about the castle in general and it's as a space a, a place as a hub world a place to explore what do you think about the castle and, and those kind of things? And maybe we'll kick it off with uh, a comment from Matraya who says, The castle is still the best overworld in any Mario game. You can practice moving Mario around if you need to, and there are quite a few secrets to uncover. Most importantly, the castle and star system gives the player the perfect amount of freedom. You can do the stages in several different orders, skip stars, or even re- uh, entire levels if you don't enjoy them. I think I got one star from Dire Dire Docks. But requiring more stars for the harder stages stops you from tackling something that's completely out of your skill level, such as going straight from bob on battlefield to tiktok clock i think this is far better than making you do levels in a specific order or forcing you to do all the levels up to a certain point like sunshine um and yeah i echo a lot of those sentiments the the thing with die diadox is i thought 
that it was just a one-star level that you just had to go and unlock Bowser's second stage. Um, mm. But then I realized, oh, wait, there's a bunch of stars in here that I could actually go back to and get if I wanted to, which I was a little bit iffy about because just water stages generally in this game, not my thing. Yeah. Um, how do you think? About, how do you feel about the castle, Bally? I like it a lot. Yeah, I think it's a very simple idea. You've got a basement, a, le- a middle level, and you know upper level, and it works it's very quick i mean as bad as lives are and the fact that you reset into the castle courtyard every time you game over it is actually really quick to get to any star in the game genuinely and that you can get to anyone in under a minute i would argue even less than that probably 40 seconds and totally and i think that's part of the reason why they feel comfortable just dropping you outside the front of the castle after you game over because yeah it's a little annoying to get back inside and get back to where you were but there's enough like speed with mario's movement that you can get there without like yeah. spending too much time and it's 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 tricky because peach's castle is an iconic landmark in yes. you know, video games and i my first sighting of peach's castle wasn't mario 64 it's probably like mario kart 64 and all these other mario yeah. games so like just being at an iconic location that i've referenced in other games is cool so i already have that knowledge of this is a really cool place to be and it's it's a relaxing almost like a safe space within what's otherwise quite a dangerous game generally and so i i, yeah. I think it works well in that sense i think when you start comparing it to like uh delfino plaza like delfino plaza has its own you know merits and drawbacks and i, I don't even know which one i would prefer but uh i i probably prefer it to like the uh the galaxy one kind of like hub world yeah the galaxy one doesn't really have anything in it and i think that's what distinguishes it as less interesting than sunshine and 64 yeah both of those games have hub worlds with secrets in them and you can find the weird uh kind of uh, window that you jump into to get to the secret slide or you can go under the castle and, and drain the moat and there's another secret level under there right there's yeah. there is a um there's this kind of meta level to the castle as its own stage almost versus the rest of the game which is individualized stuff that you jump into and out of right yeah there's like supposedly 20 stars there if you include all yeah the, i think that probably does include like the bowser stage red coins and things i don't know but um maybe i'm not sure th- there's a lot in there and there's a lot to explore and i must admit i didn't maybe explore the castle as much as i could i was very much focused on right want to get these stages cleared off want to get all those stars but i think part of it also is we've done that already like when we were kids we probably explored the castle a lot more and tried to figure stuff out and you know finding the secret slide is one of those fun moments that i was like oh my goodness it's also weird because that room is much bigger in 64ds yeah because it's where you go to change characters and so it has multiple doors for the characters a lot of rooms i noticed were much bigger in the DS version especially like the end at the end of slides were like often very cramped rooms in 64 but on ds they made these rooms at the end very large so you had like options but i don't know anyway there's like some other similarities we could talk about but the castle generally i think is is great it serves a purpose it's nostalgic even though i don't have that initial nostalgia um and it's 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 a good place to be able to reference all the other paintings like i think the 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 idea of jumping into paintings is a fun cool kind of kiddie idea that i think works so well yes it does it's um it's unique and i think it's one of those things that they felt was such a hallmark of what they had created with 64 that they just did the exact same thing with sunshine right like obviously they look different but they are ostensibly paintings that you jump into still yes Um, exactly 
so in terms of like the the, the framing for the the quote unquote story in this game, me and you were having a conversation recently about what is story, what and, is story? and what what is narrative framing, as I like to say, and then you <laughs> call me a wanker for using the phrase narrative for framing. But like Mario doesn't have a story in sixty four, right? Like it's it is really a frame of like Peach invites you to the castle to get cake. Oh no, she disappeared because Bowser stole her, and then you finish it, and and you know it's resolved because she kisses you on the nose. Brilliant! What just masterful storytelling from Nintendo. But Matria writes it in and talks about how the lack of story is actually really interesting and says the Mario platformers never really have anything interesting plot wise so I much prefer just going straight into things after about a minute of introduction and then a fun little ending with exception to Galaxy I'd much rather every Mario platformer just went straight in rather than forcing a very dull and outdated plot and yeah I I totally agree with that for the most part I think Mario games tend towards this Galaxy I did notice takes a while to get started it really like has a bit of a ramp up I'm like all right, let's just get into the game here Um, and uh, and Mario 64 does that. It literally pipe opens, out you jump, there's Lacquer 2, gives you a couple of sentences, boom, off you go, right? Like, no more explanation. Um, it's why Breath of the Wild is so good. It's like, here you are, in a chamber, out you go, here's the world, bye-bye. Um, and, and yeah, that that I agree with for, for certain. I, I would argue I love everything they do around Mario and Peach in Odyssey, and I think the whole, like, trope of, we're going to save Peach, you know, and it's just yes. like doesn't quite cut it in 2020 so i appreciate what they did with odyssey in 2017 with that idea and you know mario 64 i think is it doesn't it's not famous having like 10 to 15 people work on it and yeah i put put money that they're all men you know like i think that that's also important to reference to this 1996 japan um exactly so yeah so plot wise you're right it's I, I don't want a plot from Mario 64 and no. what it does works fine, but I'm not saying lack of a plot is ne- necessarily a good thing because I really love what a game like Odyssey does as much as that's still a very thin plot. I still think it has a real character to like what it wants to do with Bowser, Mario and Peach that is a little less um, cookie cutter. Sure. I mean, you could talk about the lore of Mario 64 in terms of, like, the environmental storytelling of the castle. Like, why why are these paintings here? When you go up to the final Bowser stage, why is there a bunch of peach uh, paintings on the right-hand side and a bunch of Bowser paintings on the left-hand side? And they're kind of, like, looking at each other, and it's this weird... I don't know. There's um, There's a lot of kind of interesting... Like, what is Bowser's weird magic that he makes all these paintings uh, you can jump into? And I don't know what's going on. Is Bowser a wizard, Bally? This is the real detail. I think Bowser I know. definitely has some magical abilities, especially when you reference, like, everything he does in Galaxy and Sunshine. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's crazy. It goes, it goes, I think, he goes I think we I think we have confirmed here that Bowser is, in fact, a wizard. Uh, so that will be canon going forward. Absolutely. Um, Let's talk about the first stage, Bob on Battlefield. Uh, I love this stage. It is simple. It is, I think, from like the size of the other ones, it's actually one of the largest stages in the game. And for the yeah. first stage, it feels, I think, for a lot of people, similar to like what Hyrule Field was in Ocarina of Time, it's like, holy shit, this big open expanse that you can walk around and explore and go somewhere. Um, yeah, I, I love the the different types of stars in this level as well. And I think there's less generic ones here uh, overall in terms of you can go and get that one behind the chain chomp straight away if you know what to do. Like, just, uh, you know, butt smashing on that pole, chain chomp runs away, opens the gate, and, and there's the star. And you can get that in all of, like, 30 seconds, probably less than that. Um, what do you think of just the the size of bob on Battlefield and the way that it kind of, uh, you know, gets you into the game of Mario 64. It's a near perfect opening level and I think it does a number of things. Yes, it does have a nice diversity of stars, 
think secondly it's a very safe place to be generally there's no place to fall off in this level to my knowledge like it is it, i think it might be the only stage other than perhaps the water levels where there's not just an area where you can either fall into a pool a, 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 um, a, a pool a, 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 a hole or like quicksand or off the level entirely i think it might be right. the only one and that you really- can obviously fall from a great height which is up on the top of the mountain but there's no endless yeah. uh, expanse of nothingness to to die in essentially yeah and i think that that works out really well and it's simple the music is bopping um and it works it, it just does it does everything it needs to do as an opening level yeah for sure it's um it it certainly is cool in the way that it introduces a lot of these ideas like the i think the probably the weakest star in this stage is the red coin star right because or maybe it's the um yeah, yeah. the red coins because they're kind of in the center of the uh the coins in the sky and you have to shoot through the center of them yeah it, it is surprising that the opening stage incorporates the wing cap that you get a little later and then i think ties at least one star behind that but yes maybe two i think I, one... I do wonder if if they imagined that you would have to like go through because let's think about this right the the bowser stage requires eight stars for you to access it so i think the developers believe that you would jump into this painting do a couple of stars jump out go into another one do a couple of stars and get those eight stars a from multiple from stages stages right instead of going all the way through to like the fifth star or whatever it is in in uh bomb battlefield to get yeah. those coins and i think young young bally would have done that it's just video game box ticking bally likes to get all the stars before yes. on. i think i'm uh, thinking of it differently it's not actually the red coins it's just it's a star that requires you to get the center coin yes. from all of those ones that, i think in... that definitely requires the wing cap it does yes yeah. um you have to fly through them and i think part of the problem is the visual distance that you can see in front of you because they have to kind of disappear coins and mist them away you can't actually see your end destination when you're shooting out of the cannon so i remember doing this and like going back to that cannon like 10 times at least of like okay i slightly adjust it upwards i can't remember exactly where i shot it last time so let's slightly adjust it a bit more and then like oh okay finally got through the final one and nailed it in the center yeah which um the wing cap is not easy to use it like no. it looks fun it's like whoa mara's flying it's like he's not flying he's gliding first of all and secondly um it's very hard to control and the, the whole like triple jumping into it which you don't have to do as much in this level because i think it's encouraging you to get in the cannon to shoot in the wing cap and then you go straight into the glide i guess but it just doesn't feel very easy to control and the hit boxes on some of those red coins can feel not harsh but just the red coins aren't very big targets to be aiming at and it can be very difficult i'm saying red coins i think you just need regular coins like you were saying but yes they're the, they're the ones that are in the center of the circle of coins yeah. up on the big floating platform it's where you're really in the cannon easy. and for yes. an opening level i know as you said you're meant to come back and you have to come back because of the wing cap but it's a bit like oof, this is rough <laughs> yes for sure um i do like the race with with cooper the quick that's a fun one i wish there were and, more races um, in this game i think it was only yeah so i didn't two. realize that later on there is another one yeah. in total uh not all in a tiny huge island yes um which is one of those stages that i barely knew anything about because i never got any stars it's in it a, a really kid. weird stage but we can get to it but yeah 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 but i love um, how that like in odyssey the race was like a, a staple of one of the standard moons you would get in that game and i do think especially with the size of like the mario 64 stages they would work so well 
to have more races just stick cooper in there have a race from here to here or you know race up the mountain this sort of thing and that i would have liked to have seen more of those yeah it, it would be cool i do i do kind of like that it's unique though right because there are certain formulaic types of stars that get repeated across the game and so for this to be a less frequent one i think makes it stand out a bit more it makes it a bit more unique you know mm-hmm. um and especially you know you have the boss the first boss which is the giant king bob who i think as a kid i kept being like trying to throw him off the side and that didn't work i think generally one area that hasn't aged as well in my mind is the boss fights yes. they're a bit they're incredibly basic um when you break down what you're actually doing in each fight and and luckily they are quite few and far between i think there's maybe like four bosses in the whole yeah. game if you include like bowser bob um there's a wiggler one in tall there tall mountain wiggler, which yeah. i'd never done before and um, there's the hand boss under the obviously nintendo has to have a the hand, hand uh, with eyes inside it boss of course um, yeah so straight out of zelda yeah there are a few of them um but for the most part they're really easy and they don't require a lot of thought or uh not that yeah they, they kind of just happen and they exist um yeah uh, i think one of the other weird things about this stage is you just like have a weird warp point and this kind of exists throughout mario 64 where you yeah. stand in a place and for some reason it just teleports you somewhere else and there's no indication that that's what's going to happen there's no reason that you would think you would just stand there and it would take you but it just is there <laughs> so random. it's really weird yeah. and i've never really thought about it that much because it's like one of those known secrets of the game but yeah. it's like there's got to be a reason behind it we just don't know you know like, i think it's it is like a shortcut type of thing right like it, it is if you're <laughs> if, it's like if you keep falling off the mountain with king bob om and you want to get back up faster that's a way yeah. to do it but also when you think about it from the perspective of a new kid in 1996 playing a 3d game for their very first time something to that level of obscurity i don't think anyone's going to figure that out that early on right you only know that as a result of years and years of mario 64 exposure and just understanding all the intricacies of this game so these weird spots where you just stand there's another one where you stand in a a flower bed and it just teleports you to another flower bed and it's like what what why (laughs) i just don't get it um king bob on fight like you said he just he throws you he doesn't just kill you like or it's throw you into the abyss like and sure you can take damage from the, the throw i believe and being thrown off the mountain yes. but it's another way of like saying we're not going to kill you straight away but you know you need to avoid getting thrown in future in this game otherwise yes. you're gonna die you know and that certainly happens later in the yeah. game but it's nice that early on in the game it's saying we'll give you a platform for now but look out for future it also serves as a tutorial for the bowser boss fights where you are running around in order to grab from behind and then do something different with bowser but still it's the same kind of base idea and this game generally you when you think about how it was designed like the n64 analog stick was the new thing and it's like you can move in 3d using this thing um and so a lot of the boss fights revolve around just running in a circle you know um and just kind yeah. of moving around uh in in that way which is which is cool um quickly going back to the castle uh, there are a couple of uh, comments we got from toby who sent those in uh, and said things that he remembers not liking as a kid lowering the water in the moat i hate how it changed the serenity of peach's castle exterior and like i, d- I didn't really think about that but yeah like it kind of it's a bit of a bummer that the water that you could swim in at the beginning just disappears and then never comes back um it would have been nice if there was a switch or maybe there i don't know if there is a way to bring it back because i don't believe so um 
but i don't believe so either yeah, yeah. and one of the um other secret castle ones that i don't think you mentioned uh, he says catching the golden rabbit in the castle as he disappears afterwards it was nice to see something alive in the castle that wasn't you toads don't count as they are clearly dead inside i tried so hard to catch that rabbit and gave up numerous times are you times kidding me like, really i'm sure this i was like i'm sure this is a star but i just cannot be bothered wow i did it really quickly it wasn't i don't know maybe i got lucky but the other thing is on the ds version there are a fuckload of rabbits in that castle there are loads of rabbits yeah. part of why they're so many stars is they just added like 10 rabbits to the castle <laughs> that you gotta run around and collect they're just yeah. a bit wild um okay so uh giving a, a rating i think i'm gonna give born battlefield five stars like it, it feels like a five star level to i want to take one off maybe for the, like the awkward wing cap yeah stuff. but i mean as an opening level you know overall i think i can forgive that just because it's just it nails it straight away it's a fun place we to can, be. i can forgive it the bopping music will make up yeah, for it great we can go with five um womp's fortress i uh, love this stage this this is the love one it. where i want to talk about a very weird specific thing that i noticed while playing this time which is the textures in this game make no fucking sense um you look at womp's fortress and you have this weird kind of concretey stuff next to red brick next to like white paving it like none of these textures align with each other it feels like the, any textures align in 1996 i don't know but it, it's one of those things <laughs> right you think about today and you're like what if they did that with mario odyssey right like where the thematic kind of look of a level was just random they brought back once fortress to mario galaxy 2 they did and i, and I haven't looked, looked back at that version but i when i played so i played that back in near the start of the podcast yes. so what like 2013 14 or 15 maybe yeah. and that stage holds up massively mechanically in terms of those textures i honestly couldn't remember and they, they never stood out to me uh, but i do think mechanically it's a fantastic stage yeah definitely it's um it, it, but that is the weird thing for me it's like why is this so strangely put together it really does feel like a lego set that some kid has just taken all like here's this his star wars set here's his ninjala set here's the fucking um you know uh, uh, hobbit set and they're just like mashing all these different parts together yeah. that don't really cohesively work and yet because of nostalgia and then we'll theme it around thwomps because thwomps. right but but like because of nostalgia we just take it for granted and we just like think oh right this is what yeah. Womp's Fortress looks like but when you step back and think about it it looks so weird like none of these textures make sense together they're so illogical um so so yeah that just really stood out to me as like okay well uh, I don't know why this looks like this but it does I guess what I love about this stage is it genuinely feels like the next step from Bob on Battlefield and what I mean by that is they're now inserting right platforming here are some jumps that you have to make and this leads to here but then at the same time while there are risks and you can fall off un underneath the main platforming areas they just have that slidey down wall that, that, that basically slides you to safety yes so again it's like it's like teaching you it's saying come on come on person you need to start learning how to platform because later in the game you're gonna these these aren't gonna be a nice slide that takes you back to safety it's going to be abyss that's going to kill yes, your ass and yeah. you need to get better at this game so like it's a really nice you know nintendo showing you how to play the game teaching you uh holding your hand initially before letting go and saying this is how you're going to platform and i, I think this stage does that uh really well because i think 
from almost all the parts when you fall um you will fall to safety more often than not for sure yes that that is definitely an important aspect of it and not only that you not only have the kind of water shallow water part of it there's also the like step below that which is where the tree is the tree with the owl in it which i kept thinking the owl was in tall tall mountain is there an owl in tall tall mountain or am i just imagining this because i feel like i don't know how there would be an owl when there's no tree in tall Tall maybe this is the ds version again maybe this is something they added to the ds version because i swear to god there was an owl in tall tall mountain um but there isn't a tree there so it doesn't make sense but yes i i kept being like oh isn't the owl later in the game and then i realized oh wait no he's right here you climb the tree and he takes you to the uh the star that's kind of inside the the cage which i think you can get to without the owl but feels like much more of a pain in the ass to get to if you don't have it right like it's um right it just drops you over the top of it and you're like all right in i go got the star much easier yeah again really weird star uh pretty hard to work out i think if you're you know just messing around yeah at least you can see it though right at least you it's it's in the sky and you know it's there so it's not like the one that we talked about before which is blast into the fucking wall and you're like well yeah i mean i I guess we'll get to them later but there's a number of stars where it's like walk into these five spaces they're not even like defined coins or things to collect it's like just walk into this area yeah. that's like the five secrets of something yes and then and random then a star numbers pop off and you're like why did and that number pop, pop off and it's like what yeah, yeah. those ones are oh, they are the worst um but yeah i i do really like this stage generally like it gets you starting to get used to a bit more of using the cannons as well and there are a couple of stars that require the cannons there's the one where you have to i think the star where you have to get um the one that's like under the platform where the big pole is that's like kind of hidden almost and you have to like shoot into the wall in order to stop yourself there the description on that stage is really weird i can't remember exactly what it is but it just doesn't really track and you're yeah. like what is the cannons are hard to use generally because there's that arc it's not it doesn't feel like a perfect science especially early in the game when you, you're not used to using them yes um, definitely and yeah you can be punished quite harshly in this in this level for you know getting the cannon wrong where you can die yeah totally um on level design stuff um, Matryo also written and said the level design is really good for the most part i think most super mario 64 stages feel like they're the perfect size with enough going on to warrant going into them six times i think once fortress is a good example of this and he says once fortress is the standout it has several different paths and the stars are all in separate locations a stage like tall tall mountain has many different paths but so many stars are just about going up this mountain so you do the same thing a lot which is a really good point in terms of you go yeah. to all different areas of once fortress you're never just going to the same place i think for the most part like you can end up near the top because it's easier to, to see the rest of the stage and maybe get to part of the stage from there but there are other areas of like you know where the cannon is and where the water is is a totally different area that you can skip to faster by not going up and past the piranha plants and that type of stuff yeah um, it's super intricately designed and this is a really good early example of that level design and like obviously i played sunshine before 64 and ds so i was already used to like these really large levels like sunshine just has like some of the biggest levels other than odyssey and the whole of mario and going from sunshine to 64 i I remember being like wow these levels are much smaller but even coming back to it now it feels even smaller like they feel even smaller and like more intricate and like these little dioramas that you're just kind of running around and doing things on and i think six stars generally for these dioramas is just the right number and they did a really good job of saying 
you're going to experience this part of the diorama here, this part of the level here, and and Womp's Fortress is a good, a really good example of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how are we going to rank it, Bally? I think this is a. I've got to go five. Honestly, yeah. I think it's it's very strong. I agree. Um, this is a five star stage really for me good. as well. Even if the textures don't match. Yes, <laughs> even if that weird, <laughs> like it just, and I think that does happen across other stages but i think this is the one where it was the most stark to me it just stood out and i was like this doesn't make any sense but also like i was thinking about it original super mario brothers kind of has the same problem in that a lot of the textures just look like and i think also one of the things is right there's the big nintendo leak that happened where all these ideas and and things that they had secreted away in their their vault uh, got put out to the public and some of that stuff was showing like here is the original texture for mario 64 and it's literally like a png of like a brick wall and they just pasted (laughs) it onto the ground and it's like wow that's real they didn't even like create that as an asset they got it like from a library or something it's really weird um but um I guess there's really like a 10 to 15 person team that's just kind of, I don't know, the best, the most efficient way of doing it. I don't know. I guess, yeah, probably made the most sense, especially when time, you're making a least, 3D yeah. game for the first time. That that definitely makes sense. Um, cool. Jolly Roger Bay, Bally. Now, if there's one <laughs> thing that I'm surprised that nobody wrote in about, it is how fucking awful the swimming controls are in Mario 64 <laughs> and how, yeah. because of that, Jolly Roger Bay is one of my least favorite levels in this game. Now, you could argue music-wise, it holds up, and I think that's probably the most famous thing about it, right? Um, but yeah. otherwise, it's like, oh, this is a this is a I, trial for me. I think musically, it's very cool. I think even thematically, it's like, this is cool. This is like a bay. It feels like a very watery area, definitely. But after that, the controls combined with the fact that in reality this is just one big pit of water uh-huh. <laughs> and how do you get away with making a level that's just one big pit of water with maybe like some treasure chests at the side and like obviously a submerged eel and um the pirate ship underneath yeah. fine but yeah it's i you can't get to the cool things like the eel and the pirate ship without the god awful sw- swimming mechanics and yeah it's a real shame i don't think i think at the time it probably felt fine but i think in terms of mechanically that's just not aged well at all yeah absolutely um waves wrote in and said the music is pretty great not quite that i'll download this level but definitely nostalgic of course diadiodox is a standout track and i believe diadiodox is the one that they use in jolly roger bay as well as in diadiodox yeah same music definitely yeah and that's the other thing right um toby also wrote in about this and said things i noticed playing recently there's very limited number of music tracks of levels yep. bob on battlefield yeah. music is used in so many levels rainbow ride has the secret slide music um and yeah i didn't really notice this either until i was playing this but there's not a lot of like music in mario 64 a lot of it gets reused yeah. in places that i didn't realize um and that's kind of a bummer, you know? Yeah. I mean, some of the most... It's weird because some of the most memorable tracks I found were the pan pipes on the loading, like the when you select your safe file. Yes, I love those. those. Pan that's a great tune. Obviously, the credit music is like a great tune. Uh, Jolly Roger Bay, Die Die Docks is a great tune. Bob on Battlefield is a great tune. Um, the tune for like TikTok Clock Rainbow Ride is a great tune until you start associating it with the millions of deaths that you have with those levels. <laughs> yeah, sure. um, Big Boo's Haunt, and we can get to that, obviously, just has this bizarre, creepy yeah. tune. And then you've got, like, the kind of 
happy clappy snowland kind of music on the snow levels and after that i'm struggling to think of like any other distinctive music to be honest yeah um, but it works for the most part as much as it is a bit um simplistic maybe right totally it um it, it has its uh has its charms and and it does work but boy i don't know i think like the only thing that kept me going throughout jolly roger bay was the fact that the music is so calming right like it kind of it's almost as if nintendo knew that people were going to get <laughs> mad at this stage and they needed some kind of like really chill vibes to like get them down a bit it's a very good song it's really good what do you think of the eel and the pirate ship oh okay so i was just wondering this right now is it the fact that when the pirate ship is up above ground, like when you have to do the red stars, uh, red coin, sorry, that it's not down below? Like, is that the same part? Is that the idea that the pirate ship in some stages yeah. is like there and then it's not yeah. down? Narrative. Yeah, that's really cool. That's, na- that's lore. <laughs> that's like fucking Dark Souls, man. Mario's yeah. Dark Souls. Um, I love that idea, right? That the fact that the ship is either the above the changes, water yeah. and you can get the red coins from it or it's below. But the, really, the thing that I was so confused by is the first star in this level, which is like, okay, you've got to get into that place where the eel is, but the eel's just sitting there. And the eel doesn't move for a straight, like, three minutes or something. So you are waiting there, and you're like, okay, I guess, can I squeeze past him? No, he kills me, does damage. Go back there again. I'm like, okay, do I have to... And I just ended up going up to the chest area, and I was like, oh, I remember the chest area, and I got the chest star instead. A different star. Yeah, so it's a different star. Uh, you just have to bait the eel out with yourself. Really? Because I... It's not time. I had a yeah. look at a video as well, and it looked like the guy went near the eel, then just swam away for a while and then swam back after two minutes and the eel was gone and that's kind of what i did as well i, I went there yeah. i swam away came back a couple minutes later and he was gone and i could just go in it's just really weird i, th- I think the eel basically has two settings it's got the setting where it's obviously in its hole wiggling looking evil and then it's got its other setting where it's swimming around the um the area the bay yeah and i don't actually think it allows you to see the transition like it's almost it's almost like two settings and it's like they couldn't quite you know render the idea of it transitioning yeah so you have your camera is looking away and when you look back um it will actually have transitioned and then i think someone even did a weird thing where they forced some mod or something like managed to force the camera to look at eel as mario was swimming away and you can actually see the eel just jump transition from one to the wow. other there's like no in between so like it's a really so there is literally no animation of him just exiting the the area that's weird there is to an extent but then he flashes into like his next thing as much to my knowledge okay like it's not like it's it's like two two tracks essentially weird. so i guess just weird. because of that limitation they couldn't yeah 1996 baby <laughs> wow that's that's crazy yeah. um but yeah i i still think that this is one of the worst levels in the game now the question is bali is it like a one star or a two star does the does the music b- bring it up to a two star level because like there are some parts of this level that i do like i do like shooting in the cannon to those really high kind of pointed areas and i do like getting the red coins on the ship uh, and the chest star is fine, but it's just like my frustration getting the fucking star at the, on the tail when he comes out of the stupid hole and it's like waggling at the back of his tail. Oh my goodness, that one. Yeah, is that a stuff's rubbish. Yeah, I hate that star. Um, I think the music and the setting and and it it feels like a genuine kind of pirate bay kind of area. Yeah, and I think lighting wise, thematically, 
it deserves two stars for that yeah i agree i think like i could be mean about it but there are some fun aesthetic things about jolly roger bay and um despite the fact that level design wise it just does not hold up at all um it's yeah. still it, it gets something you know gotta give it something yeah um cool cool, cool mountain I like Cool Cool Mountain. This is a fun stage. I think mainly because of the slide, right? The slide is the thing that as a kid, I remember just doing the slide again and again and again because I just fucking loved slides. I remember doing Peach's Castle slide again and again and again. And especially this one where it has the secret where you go through the wall and you're like, ah ha ha, I'm going to do the cheaty thing. And I I remembered, of course, that you can't win that star by doing the cheaty thing. Um, oh right <laughs> so that sucked it's a, it's a harder slide it's than a harder slide yes slide, definitely i ended up yeah. doing it multiple multiple times but every time i did it i was like that's fine i don't mind dying on this one because it's just fun to do you know i think the jump in difficulty between like oh jolly roger bay hardly counts because you're just swimming around aimlessly yeah, sure. trying to work out what the hell <laughs> yeah. to do. So, but if you're talking about the platforming jump between Womp's fortress to cool cool mountain it's quite a jump because cool cool mountain you're kind of you're really working out the geography of how the mountain works and like other than the teleport is there a way of getting from the bottom to the top of the mountain without exiting the stage? there is yeah you've got a slide if you go to that area where the teleport is there is like a angled slide path that goes down to a like weird jut where there's a kind of really frozen piece of ice but also next to it is one of the red coins so you do have to get there at one point in time at least in order to get one of the red coins um and then from there you can go down the side where like the kind of wooden walkway is um you can get there i think but it is a bit of a hassle um unless you go all the way the long way around you know so okay so yeah the geography definitely stumped me a bit and so i did a lot a bit of exploration and i was like right i need a youtube guy to kind of work out what the hell is going on here and but stuff like the the snowman's head and following the ball to the body yeah like that that's that's really cool stuff like that's very fun um and the slide is fun uh the red coins are a bit miserable in this yes they are definitely um but again like there's some really clever things to do with the theming where mario can get stuck in snow and like yes it's a white surface and yes it's snow but actually it mechanically impacts mario and the way that he can get his like his legs stuck in the snow which i just think is awesome um, it's definitely better than shifting sandlands where you just go really slowly uh through oh the my fucking God. sand and that, again they copied that from super metroid as well yeah like, the sand totally. in that game it's like right what are the worst aspects of super <laughs> metroid? We better get them in mario 64 where's the grappling hook man where's the super metroid grappling hook in mario 64 that's yeah. what i want to know Super Metro was 94, right? Yeah, I believe so. A couple of years yeah, before so this. A couple of years before. Yeah. They were still in the same thought process. Yes. Um, but yeah, Kulka Mountain is is very good. I think it's too difficult for this stage of the game, but it is still a very good um, stage for sure. Yeah, I like it. I, it definitely, it's starting to do that thing where you can fall off the side and die um and and quite easily and yes definitely especially because the slippery nature of the surfaces you can find yourself being like oh whoops i just accidentally to myself to death and that definitely happened a fair few times when i was playing through it um but overall it's it's a strong stage it's solid i don't think it's up to the heights of like the first two stages um and it's certainly no. not as bad as jolly roger bay i think this is a four star stage for me this is a, a solid stage yeah i can go with four as well yeah. let's go with four it's pretty great um then let's go on to the next stage which is big boo's horn now bali i'm going to tell you this is my biggest surprise of the game 
I love Big Boo's Haunt. This is a great stage, and I didn't think I would like it as much. Especially, number one, we're very big scaredy boys, and we don't like these type of things. Especially <laughs> when I was younger, playing Mario 64 and DS, I was like, I never want to go into Big Boo's Haunt again. I dislike it strongly. Um, but I really like the kind of contained nature of the mansion, as well as, like, it has the weird secret level of going underground. The one weakness, I would say is that for, I think, most of the stars, you just have to kill booze, right? The first one is going around all the rooms killing booze. The second one is killing booze in the roundabout underneath. The one on the roof, you have to kill a big boo to get up to it. Um, yeah. Most of the stars in this game, I just uh, in this stage, are just killing booze. And I don't... I think it's... The, there's interesting... Big boo's horn. You gotta kill the booze. Yes. I, I. This is one of those instances where I think the discovery and exploration is more of the puzzle more so than the getting of the star right it's more about like when you're told about the roundabout you're like where is that because you don't realize until or if you have fallen down to that area um so i imagine people playing it originally would be like i don't know how to get this star um, yeah. and then you get down there and you're like oh i get it by just killing the booze but like the actual end game of getting the star is less interesting than the getting to the star in this case i think yeah i mean outside of like tiktok clock and rainbow ride it might be the most intricate level like when you think about the way that those corridors link together and how things all are structured and it's got like the the basement sewer area and everything like it's actually quite a lot it's quite a large complicated you can't walk around the back of the house i certainly ended up doing that because you need to get on the roof yeah i i do think like the size of the area around the house is maybe a bit too large because there's nothing in it right like there's a couple of weird ant guys who just walk around and roam the yeah, edges very strange but it's like really this strange. really small kind of maybe it's just like creating that sense of horror of like this wide open area like this mansion that's like very small in the center and contained i don't know yeah but i think just thematically it's such great fun experiencing like nintendo's take on a mansion years before luigi's mansion yeah like that series and it's kind of like this is kind of where a lot of that started and mara sunshine actually has like a a semi-weird haunted kind of hotel style stage which is kind of inspired by this as well but this is really feels a lot more like luigi's mansion which is cool and like i think it it works like it it, it there is a big emphasis on platforming obviously versus a game like Luigi's Mansion but like I think the corridors and the way that the books fly around and things like that would have blown blown me away in 96 and even today it's more interesting than most of these other levels for sure I would say the biggest weakness of this stage is the camera because it is small spaces and trying to figure out like especially in some of the rooms where the bottom floor actually has areas where you can get up to the top floor without going via the staircase and seeing that and being able to adjust and like view what's going on can be a bit of a nightmare and we haven't really talked in depth about the camera yet but let me bring in a couple of uh, comments pr billy said i only had three major complaints about the game the camera is atrocious turning it makes a loud noise for whatever reason which i i kind of like that just washes over me i guess at this point i don't even notice the noise but you're right like it does have a weird like noise every time you do a notch on the c stick or, or on you know the camera stick at this point in time 
Um, and in some worlds, you can only move at 270 degrees. In some ways as well, on Bob on Battlefield, I was moving it to the left and it wouldn't. And I'd have to move it all the way back round to the right to get to where yeah. I wanted it to be. And it feels like this is this weird, like, invisible wall that you can't go past. And that's kind of the center point. And then you have to either go all the way back round the other way to reach where the camera angle you want. Um, and then uh, P.I. Billy finishes saying, flying to me feels not great. I feel like I'm never in control of Mario in these levels. And that kind of has somewhat to do with camera as well, just in terms of where he's positioned on the screen and like seeing what's in front of you, especially trying to get those red coins in that star in the castle where you look up at the sky. You also told me, Bally, you had a nightmare figuring out how to even look into the sky, right? Yes. Trying to get that, um, the wing cap star yeah. where you, you, I think after five stars, the, the sunlight appears and then you can look up into the sun in the main hall of the castle. And I was like, okay, I'm pressing up on the C stick pad, whatever you want to call it. And it's like, this isn't working. You have to swap to, from Lakitu's view to Mario's view. And then rather than look up on the C stick, you just like look up with Mario's head. And I was like, what? It took me a good, did I look it up or did I work out after like five minutes? Yeah. Either way, it wasn't yeah. a pleasant experience. No. And I was like, I mean, maybe that's just another area where had the game be re- remade, they could the camera is the biggest thing that they could have changed and made for you know a salt more solid experience overall because as we've already said he handles actually really well in this game yeah and toby also said camera sucks i find it interesting it's literally impossible to do (laughs) lots of things from your ideal angle having the camera personified in lakitu is genius and that is the fun thing right you barely see lakitu you see him in the um the other cold stage in the mirror uh which is a neat thing um but uh but yeah aside from that he kind of just disappears you almost forget he's a he's a thing i i am i'd be fascinated by gamers younger than us picking up this collection who own the switch and we know that there's millions of them out there young people who own switches who will be interested in picking up 3d collection i really want to know what they think about this game and especially the camera because they probably are having a bit of a rough time but at the same time thinking these stages are kind of cool you know like so it's a real shame that you know it can have that impact on a whole new generation of like mario fans you know totally yeah um the one of the last stars in this game so actually the one thing i want to say uh for big boo's haunt is it was the only level where i got 100 coins um and Hmm. i don't i think part of it was because i didn't really know what all the stars were i didn't really look much up in big boo's haunt because i kind of wanted to figure out for myself because i didn't really get that deep in it when i was younger so for for the stage that i didn't do when i was younger i did kind of like try and do it a bit myself to kind of figure out what was going on and as a result of trying to figure out how to get one of the stars i just ended up collecting 100 stars naturally 100 coins naturally Um, and the nice thing about 100 coins is when you collect that star it doesn't kick you out the level uh which is great Um, and i really appreciate that because otherwise that that would be a real pain but i i um i think that 100 coins generally something we didn't go for and part of the reason is people in discord were just talking about how much it's terrible um pr billy said finally having to get 100 coins per level is just tedious there are some levels where i would just get to 97 coins and realize i'm stuck because i missed a few from enemies or blue switches overall i'm still pretty pleased with the game most levels are very interesting and the ability to do whatever star you want in a level is great feature they unfortunately removed from later games um yes did they have 100 coins in sunshine i believe so Oh, I mean, it's, it's it's negated by the fact that those levels are actually larger and there's far fewer of them, perhaps. Yeah. 
But then I also want to say, did they have them in Galaxy? And I don't think they I did. I don't. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. I can't. I can't remember either. Well, we'll get to that when we get to it. I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I think like it's pretty clear to us that we weren't going to do the hundred coins thing. And the, literally, the only yeah. one I had was just pure chance of. I was like at eighty-five coins, and I was like well, there's probably enough here for me to get it, so I might as well do it, so I did, and then I ended up getting that, and then I also ended up getting the other star at the end as well. So it was great, I got two stars and one, which was pretty pretty cool. Um, I appreciated that. Um, I want to give this level five stars. Actually, really enjoyed it, and think it is one of the best levels in yeah. the game, and didn't think that going in. It surprised me the most, I think, Big Boo's Horn. I also would just want to say the look and the theme, I think, might even be darker than the first Luigi's Mansion game. Yeah. And I The fucking piano that opens its fucking well. teeth and the starts piano. to bite you, holy shit. And they stick they stick a red star behind the, the piano. The red coin, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last red coin I got. I was like, where the fuck is this last red coin? And I re- <laughs> realized I wasn't going into that room because I was just always scared by the stupid fucking piano and there it was, hiding behind it. God damn it, that thing sucked. Um, Hazy Maisy KV. Hazy Maze Cave. Okay, so here's the thing that I also noticed when I was playing through this game. The wobbly surfaces in Mario 64, the way that things warp around is really impressive. Um, you know, you think about the texturing and kind of like the models and, and how things interact with each other. You jumping into a wall like the Shifting Sandlands, or in this case, into a pool of metal, and it ripples as you jump in, and like the physics on that stuff, for 96 video game, first 3D thing, I want to call out as really cool. And I really like that stuff, you know? Um, I hope you're not using that as contributing stars towards... Um, <laughs> what? Hazy increasing its, uh, its ranking increasing on this its list. points, yeah. Yeah, Hazy Maze Cave... I think this is one hot mess of a it level. It <laughs> really is. It really, really is. Um, there are things I like about it. I do think that it is probably the most complicated level in the game in terms of navigation, right? Because you start off and straight away you have two paths to go down, which... They give you a map. Which they give you a map, which doesn't make any sense, which I never looked at because it's illogical. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, I think the one cool thing about this is it does tend to take you to all the areas, right? You're not going to yeah. finish Hazy Maze Cave without having explored each one of these places thoroughly. Um, and that's cool, right? The Red Coins is like situated in this one space where you're doing um, moving platforms in the air and stuff like that. And the... Yeah one with uh, the kind of Nessie is down at the bottom in the cave water area and you do go back there to unlock the metal cap later on um, but yeah. it is still also kind of self-contained just getting there is the point of the level and then you have the weird poison area underneath that is maybe one of the worst Ooh, areas in the game nice. yeah. um, oh, God. which yeah. like looking up YouTube videos for that constantly to figure out like there's a random even with YouTube videos it's not all clear because the, the landmarking in that area is just so it's like so repetitive all the all the corners look the same yes and there are two there are literally two areas where you have to jump yes, up to a I ledge exactly that yeah that lead to different stars <laughs> they go to different stars and they look yeah. the exact fucking same i looked up a walkthrough went to that area and realized it was a different one star, it was a yeah. different star like what oh it is it's a wild stage with a lot of just navigational problems i think it's just hard to map out in your head how things connect and where things go to firstly because it's mazy right like this entire notion of it but also because there's like verticality there's there's lifts that take you up and holes that you fall down and all these types of things that make it really hard to just get your head around and even as someone who grew up playing this game and knowing this level i just remember regretting just going back into this one um, I think there were probably a handful of stages where they had 
leftover ideas here and there and i think it feels like hazy maze cave is where they kind of mashed a few of them together into one existence you know like i I don't i'm not convinced it was all laid out carefully as one thing initially i think it was a number of ideas from other areas that kind of made their way into it i don't know it has one of the most obscure stars in the game which i only knew about because obviously i know mario 64 is the one about the rolling rocks and you get to that area and you're looking around you're like what the fuck there's nothing here you have to do this weird wall jump on this area where you don't think you should be able to get up to anything it looks like the ceiling you can barely get the camera to look at exactly it looks like it's just ceiling up there you're not going to make anything and especially because it takes so many tries in order to get up there the normal person would just be like jumping there and be like there's nothing here and just move on and be like what am i supposed to do but you have to keep wall jumping on that part to get up to that weird star on the corner on a weird ledge that is really invisible for the most part you can't even see where it is Um, and that is one of those examples of like bad level design bad direction in terms of the name of the star and bad just ability to get up there and even find it it is maybe the worst star in the game in terms of all those aspects just not clicking whatsoever um that one sucks yeah it's all kind of rough together yes um and and then the other thing about it is like you need the metal cap for some of these stars and getting the, the metal the cap yeah i believe so or maybe it is you need no you need the metal cap to unlock one of the areas in the level but you get the metal cap in the level as well so you have to yeah, realize it's weird in that way yes like, i think it might be the only one that you're not inside the right because the other secret stars the other ones where you get the invisible cap and you get the wing cap you get those as part of the castle so you get the yeah, their levels part of the castle yes they're secrets of the castle whereas this one is a secret star within a stage which has not been done up to this point and is another reason why this stage is so weird it's like as if it wasn't navigationally weird enough you have to go back down to the bottom level with the nessie get the nessie to go over to this other platform that leads into this other level that also has a wobbly kind of metallicness to it and it's like you're jumping into a painting within a painting it's the fucking inception of mario 64 (laughs) like you just go deeper and deeper and deeper into paintings and paintings and then you get the metal cap and um how do you feel about the power-ups generally bally i'll read this comment from a trier who yeah. talks about them and says the power-ups are very unimpressive only three and none are utilized in a very interesting way it took until galaxy to really incorporate power-ups in the 3d games and i think 3d world is the best at that but it would have been cool to see some more and to design more stars with them in mind the level on the third floor with the wing cap is probably my least favorite star in the game given that if you die you spawn outside the castle why uh i gave up on that star as soon as i remembered the fact that if you fall down it literally lands yeah. in the lake you land in the fucking <laughs> it's lake it's a hard one. Oh, terrible i managed to get it somehow but it takes it takes very patient gliding in a perfect spiral down to the the switch that you end up pressing yes but yeah it's hard power-ups i am not that impressed by the power-ups either uh you got three they are all finicky and weird to use and like the invisibility and the metal are just like they're more puzzly than they are anything and i think that abilities in mario are the best where you get a sense of invincibility or it changes the action in some way i don't think any of them really do that i mean the wind cap does i guess but i don't know i wasn't impressed but at the same time i don't even know the capabilities of having power-ups like that in 1996 so i think Going in with the 2D Mario ethos of how power-ups work into a 3D game might not have been what they were trying to do at all. And it seems like they ended up not trying that really in the end anyway. So 
And yet, Mara Sunshine, they just go in a completely different direction with the nozzles and no power-ups, really. And Yoshi, obviously. Right. And then, I agree, it is Galaxy before you kind of get that incorporation of power-ups that feel vaguely like a 2D Mario game. So, I don't know. I don't think... I think in 1996, Mario in a 3D open space, jumping around and swimming and doing all these things is plenty you don't even i would argue you don't even need power-ups in this game and the few that are there don't actually make the game much better generally i would argue i think mm. they're fine they're more puzzly based but um i would have liked to have seen a couple of action focused power-ups but at the same time i think this game is absolutely great without them and without them at all so what are we gonna rank hazy maze cave is it the first one star level in the game is are we that mean to um it? Yeah, I had a better time with Jolly Roger Bay than this level. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd go one star. I, I think it's the idea that every time I had to do a Hazy Maze Cave stage, I'd just be like, <sighs> you know, like you just have yeah. that, that like, oh, it, God, what do I have to do here? It's, yeah, it it's really bad. It's, I didn't like <laughs> it's it. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, Lethal Lava Land, of the, of the basement stars, which we're kind of in now, we're in the basement area of the game. I'd say this is the best level of the basement stars. I like Lethal, Lethal Lava Land a lot. It, obviously there's fire that it's annoying when you bounce around on your ass but you can get places faster with the fire if you use it to your advantage so that's fun <laughs> um and i do like how small it is like it is it is nice and contained you can kind of see everything from the way you start the level there's obviously the volcano bit you jump in and do the volcano stuff but the red coins are great fun you can swim around on top of the shell you beat the bullies you go over to that side area where you go on the rolling log which is good preparation for tall tall mountain later like i really just like lethal lava land generally and it's fun platforming challenges this is definitely the platforming is leveled up here in terms of where you want to go and i think that's that volcano yes that speaks to the thing i like a bit more about mario 64 is the platforming is you know a bit more of a focus in some of these levels versus the exploration in others like there are some levels that yeah. way more exploration focused less platforming lethal lava land is one of the more platforming focused stages definitely. and i like it for that um yeah, I, I agree. I think thematically, it's very simple. This is a hot lava world. I like that. When you jump on lava and you do, and Mario does all this, like, it's it's great. I love it. It's hilarious. And it, you're right. It's better that he doesn't fall off because it can be useful to kind of like, right, I've, I know I've fallen off, but I'm going to get back there. I've got two more jumps to get back there. It feels a bit more tactical. I like that. Um, I really like that this isn't it's it's one of the first levels that's like screw exploration we're going to basically tell you what you have to do in this level and it's all about execution and i love that this is like you know this is this is the best parts of mario 64 are like get from a to b and you have to execute it and like you know the the floodless stages in sunshine it's like those are some of the best areas this is a bit like that it's like you have to execute it right and i agree i think the rolling log jumping up the volcano is really good as hard as it is and the red coins are fun uh boshing the bullies or whatever they're called is good fun like i love everything about this level i think it's a really strong level is this a five star level is the four star level what do you think bali I think it's a five-star level, yeah. yeah. And I think it's a five-star level for very different reasons to, like, the other two we've given five stars to. Totally. I think, think, you know, when I was talking about Hazy Maze Cave, my reaction to doing a star was, Lethal Lava Land was like, yeah, let's do a Lethal Lava Land stage. I was was always up for doing another stage. It's quite small and tight as well, you know. Yes. 
you know it's not too i think pacing wise it feels much closer to the start of the game where you're just getting star after star after star and you're not getting hung up on anything you know like yeah. i think it's a really good feeling to just be like i'm knocking these stars out i'm do i'm just doing them back to back and you can get a real momentum going with lethal lava land which i really enjoy on yeah. the other hand, Shifting Sandland, <laughs> which might be the worst level designed by humanity. Um, oh my goodness, where do we even start with Shifting Sandland? you got sand that you can barely walk in. You've got instant death pitch. You've got a fucking pyramid that you can slide down and fall in the instant death pitch. You've got stupid, uh, weird gravitational pillars that you for some reason can walk up and be on the side of and then be on top of, but one of them is stuck in an area. There's wing cap in this level. The vulture can steal your fucking hat in this level. There's a stupid, like, inside the pyramid part, which is probably the best part of the level. I was going to say, that's a really... I love that part. Yeah, that stuff is good. But everything else about shifting sandland can suck my dick. I fucking hate it. Oh my god. This level is awful in every single way. And, like, it comes down to me to stand on the four pillars, which is probably actually my least favorite star in the entire game. Because after I did it, I decided I'm not going to... Because after that, it's the red coins. And I'm like, oh no. Oh no, no. You're not making me do this again. Red coins is a harder version of standing on the four pillars. Because four of the coins are essentially have to fly from the four pillars through the coins to get them. Um, Yes. I... Yes, the quicksand insta-death is horrendous. And yes, I died many a time when I don't didn't feel like I deserved to die. Yes, you can slide off the pyramid into that quicksand. It is horrible. But this is the level where I really like learned how to use the wing cap. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing. Uh, but, I, by, but by the end of this level, I was a real master with the wing cap. I knew how to like triple jump it off the smallest area possible. I was getting those coins. I was doing all those things. I was, doing, I was, I was on the four pillars. I got the six red coins. Uh, and then there was the best bit of the level, which is, I think, the two stars, one which is the the boss with the two hands, with the eyes on the hands. And then it does, it, this has one of the best five secret um, stars, I would argue, where I did have to look up a guide, but it is actually pretty cool, like working out right after platform from here to here to get here and like the sand falling inside the pyramid. Like I really enjoyed all that stuff. And Yes, I wasn't as put off by the red coins and the four star, four pillars. So I wouldn't be as harsh on it as you are, but I do think that um, there's some rough stuff here. It's awful. It's so bad. It's the thing that sucks about it, right? Is they definitely knew how annoying it was because they put that stupid little box that jumps about three times at the start of the level that's literally the first thing that's in front of you so they know that you are going to constantly be going back to that four pillars area and they give you a shortcut straight away because they know how annoying it is um and and i think that's the worst thing about it is like they knew how bad it was and they realized later on in development they're like well okay i guess we just kind of have to give them a little bit of a a thing here to help them out and uh well they also like near the starting area you can also get on a shell or you can get the wing cap like there's three options to essentially help you through the level so that's the thing like i'd only realized the shell thing until later on after i had like i was near the end of doing it and then someone in the discord mentioned the shell thing and i was like fuck i should have been doing that it's, this whole time it doesn't make it that easy no it you doesn't can still hit a random edge and fall off it and it's oh of like, course well, and then there's the fucking tornadoes that just come out of nowhere and take yeah. you off your shell if you're on it it's like it's an endless nightmare that i could not escape from i only did four stars in this level because as soon as i was done with the um the stupid 
standing on the pillars one and like it took me so long to even get inside that's not even the end of the stage the end of the stage is a boss you find a boss after doing the standing yeah. on the pillars as if standing on the pillars wasn't pain enough I, I can imagine how the pitching meeting went for this. It's like, what do we associate with the desert? And they were like thinking insanity, going crazy. How do we, <laughs> Losing how your do mind. we incorporate that into this level? I know, we'll have quicksand and it'll drive them crazy and then we'll do the... Bally, see, now like, you're making me want to like it because you're doing mechanics through, <laughs> a narrative through mechanics, you know? Like, oh dear. I honestly think the craziness is linked to the, the desert theme. I do think that was what they were going for. Well... Um, you know what? Sometimes you don't have to reflect the player's mood with the the level. <laughs> you know, maybe let's just design a better. And scene. I also think the um, inside the pyramid and that boss pulls it up. So I would argue for like two stars. Uh, no, this is one stars. Um, no, 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 two stars. Come you on, can, Bally, you this can is... you can be off in your magical fantasy land where this is two stars, but that is I'm not going reality. With two stars. I I like this. I level. disagree. This is a one star level. There's nothing you can do I to like change my mind. In fact, this might be a zero star level. That's how bad it is. <laughs> I fucking despise shifting sandlands. Um, so yes, at least we're okay. We're, we're out of the basement now. With, well, Die Die Docks is still in the basement, but Die Die Docks is yes. one of those I actually did enjoy. Um, you know, there's some yeah. annoying stuff like going down in the water again, especially because there's a really long like tunnel that you have to go and 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 you know get to the area with the battleship and then the battleship disappears um i mean it's cool because rather than one big pit of water it's two big pits of water. yeah exactly yeah just double the <laughs> fun but you do spend a good amount of time outside the water as well um yeah. although there's like there, there's some just you know at some point i was like wait a second one of the stars was go through the grate and i was like oh does that mean i have to have the metal cap and the invisible cap at the same right, time right. and then i'll yeah. fall through the grating because that's how it's worked it turns out that's not the case you don't actually fall through the grating you just stand on there to get the star but um but i, I wish they what had do done mean? that i wish they had got you to fall because you can combine these power-ups i didn't realize before you can be invisible and metal at the same time which is neat yeah that's how you get that star you do well no because you don't fall through the grate you don't. You have to walk through a grate you, you, to get it. You you have to walk through like a wall that's a grate, right? But you yeah. you when you go, it's underwater, so it's implied you have to be you have to have both powers. Well, you don't need to though, because if you're metal, you can just walk onto the grate anyway, because it's the 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 grate itself is putting bubbles up, right, which lets you not swim close to it. If you're just metal, you can just stand on that. You don't need the invisible one, because what does the invisible one achieve? You're not going through anything, right? um so uh, i'm talking about the the second area you swim through to yeah that's i'm talking about that as well yeah that great that you stand on the <sighs> bottom you do star. not need to I'm be confused. invisible for you can just be metal um i thought you had to be both but you don't because if you had to be both it would imply you fell through the floor but you don't actually fall through the floor um anyway uh yeah i don't really have a huge good memory of what transpired in dire diadox because i did part of it i did the first part of it to get to the bowser stage and then i did the rest of it later um so like there's still some annoying stuff the chest under the chests in this game right chests with a random order of opening them is another consistent theme of stars and they're fine they're just kind of like if you know it you know it if you don't you just take a bunch of damage you have to heal yourself right there's nothing it's like simple memorization yeah it's just memorization when it's like walking through treacle trying to swim between the yes and then there's the, the annoying part of the stupid fucking swirly pool in the middle um that is a pain in the ass for sure uh so yeah. 
So yeah, and then the other one that's really annoying is the manta ray rings. Like just getting exactly through the five rings can be a bit of a pain in yeah, the ass. I didn't find that too bad, but yeah, it I, took me a while. I mean, I prefer all this stuff to like eel tails yes. and all that. It's definitely box, better than Jolly like, Roger Bay, and I did, I yeah. did like the red coins actually. Maybe because I yeah, did it first it time fun. without dropping to the floor once, I nailed all really? the jumps. Yeah, uh, and so maybe that was part of the reason why I enjoyed it because I nailed it first time. But um, yeah, the red coins was fun up above the level because it's it's more of an obstacle course kind of you know figuring out how to jump to what area and trying to get to places so i feel like die diadox is a three-star level like it's it's got the water that brings it down but otherwise i think it's decent you know it's fine yeah um, it works for the most part. i could go with three stars uh snowman's land which is a pun no man's land which i just recently figured out from the uh <laughs> deepest dive that min max are doing um the stage is hard it's tricky yeah i saw you posting the video of the fucking penguin <laughs> trying to go across as he shuffles past that yeah that and that's being the first star in the level also i remember putting me off when i was younger being like oh gosh getting up here is a it's, pain and like doing yeah. the triple jump over the um the kind of weird ice uh kind of barriers that rush towards yeah, you yeah. that stuff is annoying it's super cruel though having to shield yourself with a penguin on ice and then the penguin does the stuttery forward and back yeah and you're just like freaking out like, yeah. align myself to this penguin yeah. and then if you're just the slightest bit off from it the wind comes blows you down the entire mountain your hat falls off it's just like it's one of the most defeated feelings i felt in the game yeah for sure it, that that, that star, happened like five times that star sucks um i tend to like the other ones like the one with the ice maze is kind of easy and and a good one to just get straight away because a couple of ice mazes yeah is the other ice maze a part of this level you have to go into a different you have to crawl don't you into the little kind of cubby area and find yeah that. so you use a green shell to get up there and then you jump over into the hole and then you have to use a invisible ability yes. staying cap to get through yeah that's a neat one like that is really a maze actually and trying to figure out how to get around corners and what isn't ice and what is i think it's part of the way in which the n64 lends to its um power here right i think if this was remade right fully remade as a game this part would be way easier in the remake because they would probably make it a little bit more navigable but it's it's far less so because of the limitations of what the n64 can do to show ice and walls and transparency um so it is it's a bit trickier than it could be otherwise i think my favorite level in this one is the red coins just because you're surfing around on that shell and it's great yeah fun. it works well yeah, yeah. it's 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 fun it's it's cool it's because you got that big area around on the ground and climbing up the the snowman and there's basically nothing else but yeah. um, what it does with those two features works really well so yeah i, I think it, it is quite hard to get over to that area where you get the shell you got to jump on the thing to spin up and it's like that's a very not mlg pro thing to have to do right but it's like it's quite a difficult thing to expect players to have to do just to get like i think two of the stars so yeah jumping jumping on the uh the the spinny guys right like spin yeah. yourself through and twirl onto the upper level is uh it's much harder i remember when i was younger just because i wasn't as good as 3d platforming and so if you mm. jump oh okay also this is also reminded me of like the swimming in this game and one of the things i figured out near the end of the game that i didn't realize before 
I was so infuriated about jumping out of the water. Like, I didn't understand how it worked. I was like, kept pressing B. I was like, why am I not jumping out? To jump out of water, you have to hold back on the analog stick and you're press like B. tilting back like you're flying yes. in a rogue It's like tilting <laughs> Mario's body upward so he's ready to jump out of the water. And I only realized that around this point in the game because you keep getting wow. buffered by the barriers. And I was it was driving me insane for so long. And then I figured it out and I was like, oh at least i know now how to do it because it, it's still a pain but at least i have like consistency which is very important going into the next world which is wet dry world before we get out of snowman's land uh star rating what do you think uh i'd give it a three yeah. i think there's stuff like those snow layers of snow buffing you is just a bit it's not a fun mechanic it's i see what they're trying to do it's mainly that first star that is a pain in the ass and also the water takes your life away because it's freezing cold and you're being forced into it all the time. I might drop yeah. down to two. But no, the I, I, think, is fun. I think three like, is good because there are some fun stars in good. here. Like the the, sh- the going on the shell is fun in this level. And all the ice stuff. Yeah. Sculptures is fun. I agree. Like, that's cool. That's a that's three star. Uh, wet dry world. This is where we start to get into this idea of timing or positioning of how you go into the painting like they do a lot more of this in the later half of the game with this and tiny huge island and TikTok clock of like the way you enter the level dictates how the level is laid out or what you do yeah. in the level um and it's a really cool idea i just fucking dislike wet dry world a lot <laughs> so yeah it's, it's a pain i mean on the on the entering the painting at a certain level or whatever i personally think all that is just like a little bit too meta for what mario 64 is generally going for it feels like a bit whoa okay right what is there really the need to do this especially with wet dry world where it is inside the level there's just switches that adjust the water height right anyway. exactly it's, it's almost like um, just shortcutting your way if you know what the star is going to be which for the most part for these ones i just had youtube videos up so i was like okay do i want to yeah. go in high do i want to go in low where do i want to jump into the painting to set this so that i don't have to waste all this time going and resetting the height yeah. you know a bit like hazy mazy cave i think this world is very unthematic and i would argue is maybe a bit of a hodgepodge of ideas put together like it it just feels really weird it's like yeah this one Um, section where water moves up and down and then there's this kind of underwater city almost in another section right so i actually think that's a really cool part of this level that i had completely forgotten about if i oh i remembered it well because i was scarred by it as a child right like i remember hating getting to that area and then the red coins in that area i gave up on the red coins that area because it sucked so much it's or you gave up this time yeah i did this time yeah yeah it's rough the wall jumping you have to do there i think the idea of like this underwater town city thing off to the side it's just so bizarre and weird and like i like that um but i agree the the jumping it's expecting you to, to do to get at least five of those red coins is pretty difficult stuff and that's probably where i really just cemented my view that the wall jumping in this game really sucked uh-huh. um and it's hard uh i think the whole water level stuff um it's fine again this has one of those stars that's like find the five special areas that just randomly become numbers and then a star appears yeah i can't what's it called like five itty bitty secrets or some shit like that and you're like yeah what does that mean like it's (laughs) nonsense oh so yeah this is one of the levels that makes the game weaker i would even argue it's just it's not great um i don't like it is it a two star just because of the cool underwater 
theming for that that one area or i'd give it a two star just because of that town area as much as miserable as it is to get around the town yeah i i kind of like the um the one with the platform like going down like you get to the top and you have to hold down on the platform and then you have to quickly get inside and jump back in to get the star that's in the cage at the top oh you're you're racing the lift yes racing the lift or getting back that that stuff's really hard actually it's tricky Um, I, i did enjoy it though um it's it's fine i'm not wild about it but um yeah i'd go with two stars it also introduces that enemy that i thankfully didn't get thrown by but it's the stupid one that with the purple round oh guy God, yeah. who i remember being a terrible thing as a kid but also this level also has the stupid move around flinging guys who like yeah. pick you up and fling you backwards i saw a <laughs> bunch of twitter uh videos of people just getting <laughs> constantly thrown by them and not being able to move and just, you just imagine the developer sitting there like this level's not quite hard enough what do we oh we'll just put this guy here that just chucks them off <laughs> like you know this was like, oh, Bali, i swear to god this is the original uh, the origination of the fucking chucksters is these fucking guys yes <laughs> oh we'll get to the chucksters um chucksters. yeah let, let's go with the two star for wet dry world um there's some yeah. interesting stuff about it but it's not great tall tall mountain i almost forgot about this entire level because uh, it's a tiny painting in the side and i forgot about it and i had to go back to do it after i unlocked the the top of the castle honestly tall tall mountain is my favorite level in this really game. wow okay really that's cool. I, it's hard to explain why maybe but i just love the idea of platforming your way up to the top of a mountain but at the same time it's a challenge it's not like bubble battlefield which is easy to get to the top this is like this is hard to get to the top of the mountain but there's lots of secrets along the way and we're gonna more or less incorporate getting to the top of the mountain into almost every star in this level however there's lots of different things you have to do along the way to get the star at different points um and i love that about it on top of the fact it's got a secret slide in it and slides are the best thing in this game so I think this just has everything going for it. I think it also has the crazy TikTok clock rainbow ride um, music, manic music. Yeah. yeah. Um, which at this point in the game, I was loving by the end of rainbow ride. I was less keen on, um, but yeah, I, I love everything about this. Level. I think the theming, it's almost like reminds me of the like Choco Choco mountain or something. Oh, and yeah. Mario, Mario Kart. Right. It's like, maybe this was like the inspiration. For, I don't know. It's just like, it's a boring Rocky mountain, but I love that there's just an emphasis on platforming and it's just a clear blue sky and some mushrooms. And I love it. And, it's and great. I think it does use the space really well, right? Like in yeah. terms of the red coins are kind of lower down. And then you also have the vine wall with the moles and you have the, the rolling log area with the fucking monkey the monkeying sucks the physics on that log and i watched your stream of you doing it are, are wild they are it's so just, wild you it's you, you can go so far without falling it's ridiculous yeah like that's the thing with modern game design in mind i was like why am i still on here slash like i was trying to play it carefully and be like okay i should rotate it like slowly from the other side but you can't rotate it from the other side unless you go extreme and you've got to go extreme the other side in order to make it go back in the other direction um so it really is a bit of a uh and, and like they do a little bit with the one in the little lava land but i think this one is even more so just weird and trying to get your head around it is tough um, yeah 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 i like this one a lot. also I don't think I ever knew about that secret slide in this level. So that was a brand new experience to me. And I was like, holy shit, I don't think I've ever seen this before. Um, I feel like I I hadn't remembered up until I did it. But then when I did it, I was like, 
oh of course right yeah, yeah i did remember there was one more level in the game that had a slide that wasn't the castle or um cool, cool i i might have known about it in the past but it completely escaped my brain like i yeah. i it was like a brand new thing that i'd first discovered it, it's also a really fun slide with like a big trolling x um uh, skull and crossbones oh, right like, yes go this way you'll die yeah it's totally like... it does do that it definitely a much more tricky challenge i guess in terms of yeah it's like level two from the the slide in the castle essentially yeah um, just yeah. making it a bit more tricky uh and, and at least you don't get to do it you don't have to do it again to get a faster time or anything it's just one star no, right? so no. so that's neat um that works pretty well um yeah i do i do like tall tall mountain it is it is a fun level there's the wiggler right that's one of the bosses um no that's that, tiny is that tiny island. huge island okay maybe yeah. I'm, I'm thinking the wrong one but tall tall mountain is good i just don't like some of those jumps right like getting behind the waterfall getting the star behind the waterfall is a pain in the ass um like the monkey at the top um yeah because he has to come down and then open up the star that's like over the bridge it's some of that stuff is a little tricky to get sorted with the monkey you literally just have to get to him and then follow him yes i think part of it was i wasn't looking things up of how to do it and so it just was me understanding what to do was the tricky part versus right. actually doing. yeah if you view it so i view this level much less as work out the puzzle and much more so as execute the action yes and yeah as an execute the action level that's why it's my favorite yes and um, the other fun thing about it is getting to that mushroom clearly you have to use the cannon but you can just long jump there and i did it that's how i got that star i saw you do that yeah that was very cool yeah because i was um, like i feel like i can make that if i do a long jump and and what do you know you can do it so but again getting to the cannon like you follow this very cool like side cliff edge which is very hidden which i thought was very cool oh. there's a few of those in this game um funny routes to access things like i think there's some under area in cool cool mountain you can access and glide to and this it's not necessarily a secret you are meant to do that but um the the way you access the cannon in total mountain is cool although i appreciate it's cool that you can also just long jump to that star yeah totally um it's it's a neat level i probably go four stars on it but i know you probably feel like five stars for you personally i want it dragged up to five all right because shifting sandland got um, <laughs> shafted disqualified <laughs> um tiny huge island this valley by far is the stage in the game that i know the least about going in because yeah, as a kid I, I, I didn't know how to do the first star and so i gave up on it and never went back to it um, and it turns out it's a pretty cool level. I actually really like a lot of the switching you do and the idea of being big just to get to the top and then you can go in the pipe to like kind of shortcut yourself. There's also some really weird shit in this stage. Like you can get on that shell and that shell starts going across the area. You jump off to try and make it to that one ledge and then the wind just holds you and the wind just picks you up and puts you there. It almost feels oh, yeah. like... They designed the level with the big one in mind and then realized when you're a small Mario, oh shit, you can't actually jump enough to get to that point. So we have to put this random bit of wind here to pick you up so you don't die trying to get there when you can't actually get there, you know? Yeah, it's weird. I I, I think it's a very cool level and also has another race with Cooper. Yes, uh, this is where the second Cooper, Cooper race is, comes in. Which is fun. It's got a really obscure red coin level inside the mountain i strongly then... disliked getting to this one which is why i just decided not to do it even though i could have done it i mean it's not much fun once you're there either it's a very specific platforming die to your death yes die to your death. fall to your death um uh red coin 
collection collectathon inside the mountain and then the wiggler fight is just pure strange where yeah i saw a couple of videos on youtube of how to defeat it and you're essentially just you can ground pound near him without even ground pounding on him. really when you ground pound on him yeah when you ground pound on him you damage him but he also damages you and it's like i so, managed to ground pound him without damaging myself twice on him yeah on him yeah really on the head yeah. or the body on the body okay i i mean i ground pounded on on him twice okay took damage collected coins healed up and then did the round three that's weird kill him. weird yeah yeah very strange boss um and yeah but again, again i'd never seen that boss before i didn't know wiggler was a boss in this yeah game, you know? i hadn't realized at all either it's probably the one boss i completely forgot about um but i think the whole nature of like tiny huge get up the mountain as you're big get down it when you're small again it's got a five secrets thing which was actually yeah. fine when i knew where they were and it was kind of interesting how you do it right the, i think the thing the problem with these five secrets is it never explains what you're looking for right yeah. so it kind of it, it makes you run around for no reason the other thing is like with this one especially because you don't know whether you're going to be big or or small you don't know whether to look for the secrets as big or small um and it turns out for this one you have to be big because you can't go through a lot of these holes if you're small you just go through the opening and i don't believe it counts it as a secret just because it's like an opening that you go through but all of the spots in this level for that secret one are just go to a hole that small mario could fall down or go inside potentially and Um, again like I don't see the need for the paintings to to be big and small. So when you're in the level, you could have just gone in and out of warp pipes to like get big and small. However, I do like the theming of like Mario running at a painting as it's getting like bigger and bigger and bigger. Yes, that is cool. I do. That is a cool effect. That is a cool thing to do in the game. But the idea that like that dictates whether you enter the level big or small is just another time where I'm like, I'm not that fussed about it. For sure. Um, it's a neat level. I don't think it's one of the best. I don't think it's one of the worst. It probably sits around a three-star for me overall. Three star, mainly for innovation. I don't think it yes. really executes all that innovation particularly well, um, but there's some really cool stuff in there. For sure. And I think one of the other problems is like every time to get to a certain point, you have to do the same thing again and again. You know, like being small Mario, going through the hole, through the water, over to the area just to become big Mario. You know, shortcut-wise, it's not... There is one, I believe, where you can jump down and hit a switch and it creates those, like, blocky platforms in the air. Um, But aside from that mini shortcut, there's not really, like, quick ways to get around uh, the island uh, otherwise, which is can be a little frustrating. Um, and then we get into the uh, the final kind of couple of stages. Are we going for of three this game. three stars on Tiny Hero. I'd say yeah, I'd say probably three stars for Tiny Hero. I'd go Hero three. Yeah. yeah. Tick tock fucking clock, my <laughs> friends. Um, <laughs> this is a stage. I a lot harder than I remember. It's really tricky, uh, and I think both these final two stages are much more like, all right, you've been through this whole game now, platform motherfucker, I dare you, right? Like that's what yeah. these two areas are, and. I remember being okay with TikTok clock when I was younger. I think partially because you can make it much easier for yourself if you just stop the clock, right? If you just do it and you just freeze it time, but you can get through. that only works on like a couple of stars. It, it works for like majority of them, I would say. And like as as someone was telling me in the stream, you can do it with it being stopped for all of them. You just have to do some weird backwards jumps oh, that right, are hard course, to do. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't 
quite get those going so for the most part here's the thing you either want it to be completely stopped or you want it to be really slow if you're going to yeah. go for speed running sure you can go for the fast one because then you know when the when the giant clock arm starts going around you're not gonna have to wait there for 30 seconds each time for it to come back around so what if i told you i only did all of these stars on fast <laughs> I would tell you you're a lunatic and how the fuck did you <laughs> do that, I just basically Bowie? accidentally did it because I thought that there was stopped and I, I thought it was just stop and go. So I thought oh. big hand on 12 was stopped, big hand on 6 was go. And so all the sort of guides that I saw, and I guess these must have been speedrunners, or not speedrunners, but just people who were keen on doing the level fairly fast went on to it with the big hand at six every time so that was how i went into the level every time but not only is it faster but there is no regularity or if there is it's a very it's over a course of like 40 seconds but there's no regularity with the pattern of how how the blocks and things move like if you stand and watch it for like 20 30 seconds I swear to God, there's like no regularity with like when it changes. It will, Man. it will give you, it'll do the little bob before it spins. That will notify you. But other than seeing the bob before a block spins, there's nothing previously to the pattern, like a galaxy, like a Mario Odyssey, like whatever these other games are that have all these pattern timed blocks, movement, movement, etc. There's no pattern to the fa- to the, the fastest mode on TikTok talk clock. It's mad. Yeah. I, that's why I didn't do it because <laughs> it's <laughs> lunacy. Um, the the other thing is I didn't realize there's another mode which is like stuttery mode, which is where it moves slowly, but then it will just like stop, like and then start again, like it just kind of stutters and then goes, and it's really strange and doesn't make much sense. And and that one was a bit of a pain as well. Um, but I mean, some of these are just. For the most part with TikTok Clock, right, it is about just getting higher and higher and higher in the level. And the level is so much higher than I remember it's really it really long. You get up really high. And there are a couple of places where you go in differing paths. So the, there's, like, one part where you have to go to an elevator to the side where there's a heart to heal yourself. And that is a different section to the other side, which takes you down a bit and then back up round. Um, yeah, it's... A wild level that definitely tests platforming the most in this game, I would say. Um, Jif wrote in and said, Mario 64 is pretty great until you get to the third floor, clockroom area. I grew up with it, so I'm fine with the controls, even if wall kicks require a bit too much precision to work. Thankfully, they nailed that by Sunshine, though. One thing I really enjoy is the high skill ceiling for controls and physics. You can make Mario do so much, it's nuts. And I think that is kind of what you have to do in TikTok Clock is you have to have a real mastery of all the different types of jumps you can do by the time you get to this level because, you know, especially with a thwomp, I had the option to be, am I going to triple jump or am I going to hold down for a backflip to get on top of him? And in the end, I did backflip, but boy, like, there is... It's real tricky to figure out, like, what is the best approach here because either can work... Um, and it just depends on where you have specced, really. Where have you specced all your skill points in, in terms of your own ability with Mario? Um, yeah, so. I, I think that Thwomp um, is the toughest star in the whole game, actually. It's um, one of the harder ones, yeah. It definitely took me the longest, I think, out of all the stars in the game. Um, and yeah, you really need to nail the platforming. And um, it is very useful to like have a guide and know where you're going as well because as you said there are branching paths at different points and if you're just starting the level sure you'll reach a star but if you've already got some of the stars you need to make sure 
you're on the right course for your star um and ironically this this level has like one of the easiest red coin stars yeah well the thing is if you know that you have to just put it on freeze then it's just there and you do it yeah yeah so yeah it's it's a very unique stage as well because it is one big tube so camera wise it's not great because you're looking from the center of the tube towards mario beside the wall rather than like mario typically on a mountain like a bob on battlefield where there's a lot more freedom to the camera and looking at mario as he's on the mountain rather than you being in the middle like you are in tiktok clock if you're talking from a lackey to perspective you know so sure yes um it's tough it's i'm glad it's in the game i like the level i don't think it's unfair most of the time i thought i'd fall yeah. through a platform and i tweeted it and people had said if you look closely you can kind of see the shadow moving to the side of the the platform um so i think that was a bit harsh maybe i think it would be nice yes, it's definitely the level in which one mistake will cost you the most right like yeah. you accidentally miss a thing it's so likely that you're just going to fall down a giant hole all the way to yeah. the bottom and just go past all the progress you've made all the way to the top. And so I think it's the one that makes me the most antsy about when you get further. Like, the further you are, the more stressful it gets because you're like, one error here, it's going to ruin this entire run. Um, and Matraya wrote kind of wrote about that, the idea that jumps in Super Mario 64 require so much more commitment than in any other Mario game. I don't think this is necessarily bad, but it can make jumping from platform A to platform B a bit of an ordeal, especially when you're above a bottomless pit. And I don't think they would want just jumping to be as challenging as it can be in Super Mario 64, highlighted by all subsequent games having a mid-air gimmick, right? So like Sunshine having the flood or in, in Galaxy having the spin or even in Odyssey having the cat the throw, cat right? Throw, yeah. um, you, you, you always have like an adjustment almost in the other Mario games that this one kind of does with the the air kick like the air kick is a little bit of a thing but i never use that and i never remember yeah. i have it either so yeah so yeah um what do you think about tiktok clock rating wise bally how many stars I'd, are we giving i'd it? go four stars because out really? of like okay the, yeah because out of like my favorite levels in the whole game are the levels that are a platforming challenge and it's more about get from point a to b there's not necessarily massive puzzles involved so yeah like total mountain that's why total mountain is my favorite and like okay. early on stuff like womps fortress is great um and obviously like lethal lava land i think this is like in the in the vein of those levels so i just think that there's some frustration in the camera especially and i just don't like all the the clock stuff honestly the, the, the and then when i say that i mean all the the speeds of the clock i think they could have just had a mechanical moving level and it would have been fine. I think that they would they tried to go for something special with the whole you can have it stopped, you can have it medium, you can have it fast, and it's like the secret thing that they they I think they think they're adding this extra secret source to make the level extra special. I don't I don't buy it personally. I, I think it would have been a great level without all that stuff personally, and I would have been I like my vanilla, you know me. And oh I, yeah, no, that happy. makes sense. For I'd sure. have been happy like that, as much as I do actually like the clock theming in terms of cogs spinning around and we are in a big clock, right? That is fun. So, As much as I was shouting at the game in the TikTok clock run as I was streaming that, I think overall I did enjoy playing through it because it is a challenge, right? Like it feels like almost like a final exam um before you kind of finish the game uh, yeah at least one of the final papers that you take right the other one being rainbow ride <laughs> yeah. um which we can get to and i think that rainbow ride is 
holds up better. Are we going four stars on clock? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I, I can agree with you with that. Okay. Let's do um, that. Rainbow Ride holds up better than I remember. There's still stuff about it that is annoying. I would say the most annoying aspect of Rainbow Ride is waiting. And what I mean by this is carpets go at a set speed, at a set pace. You have to... It is almost like an auto-scroll. This is kind of where they took the idea of auto-scroll Mario levels from the 2D games and brought it into Mario 64, where... Yeah. A lot of the time, to be successful at the carpet ride, you actually have to turn the camera to a side-on angle as if you're playing a 2D Mario game, like jumping over the kind of platforms that get in your way or doing backflips on top of ones as your uh, carpet like passes through the glass and you have to get to the other side of it. There's a lot of that going on, though that isn't the entire level. Like, that's to get to a certain area in the level where there's one particular star that is the first one, I believe, that's a real pain in the ass. We have to follow it all the way around. You get into the house. The house has a fucking fire thing coming out of its center. And that the will. The house is mad. It's so weird. It is strange. It's just a weird house in the sky. Um, but then also. If you are off the carpet for too many seconds, it will start blinking, flashing, and disappearing, just like the carpet does in Mario 2, um, where the owls have the carpet and then you steal them from them, but they'll disappear if you're not on them for long enough. Actually, they just disappear after a set amount of time, I think, in Mario 2. Um, But these ones, if you don't step on them for long enough, they will start blinking and then they'll just disappear. And if that, that happens, then you're fucked. Like, there's no way to respawn the carpet. You just have to either kill yourself or, like, find a way back. And thankfully, in that house, there is a way, there is a random tell another one of these random teleporters where you stand outside the the deck and it will just teleport you over to the area where the red coins are and that's actually an easy way to talk to the pink bomb to open the cannon which you do need for one of the other stars so so yeah i i actually enjoyed rainbow ride a bit more because i think there is a bit of obstacle coursey nature to it yeah outside of the carpet like when you go to that area which has the swinging bridges and also the triangles which the triangles may be the most um scarring thing from mario 64 for me as a child i was never able to do that triangle jump stuff but they're not actually that bad at all they're not actually and they and even I think, have like a floor underneath them so when you fall through you just try again like you're not dying yes although because like, when they do change they do go slippery so you can get really a possible, rogue yeah. a rogue slip off the side a can happen <laughs> um however i think i was just bad as a child at platforming and so these more platforming focused levels right at the end were much more of a rigorous challenge i think we had mostly checked out of the ds version by tiktok clock and rainbow ride i certainly had yeah i mean and by that point in time you have more than enough stars to go and take on bowser right so it doesn't really matter at that at that juncture um but i did really enjoy finally conquering my fears and beating the triangles i did it you know i I got i it's a really tight window though like you really almost have to do a sideways jump in order to get up to the top there um, I, I mean that's what i love about this level the most is it's just an assortment of assault courses that they just stick together yes and they kind of have just different carpets leading to different ones and you've got the, the main thrust of the level is getting to that boat with the, where there's the original star but then the final star over the rainbow with the cannon and the, yeah it's like a nice symbolic way of like you are about to beat the game as in like the final level before bowser and you're yeah. going to catapult yourself through the star through the rainbow to get the star like that's fun like I, I love all that stuff about this level i think it's thematically really fun and just you know it, it the the obstacles themselves don't feel as frustrating as tiktok clock there's none of this timing rubbish well the timing's with the carpet the timing's not yes. with the entering on the stupid mechanical clockwork whatever so i love that about this level i love that you can just jump from one assault course to the next and the red coins are fun to get in like this big maze thing and 
I love this level. I think it's it's one of my favorites as well, and I prefer wow. it to TikTok Clock. Yeah, I think I also prefer prefer it to TikTok Clock generally. I I think by this point in time, despite the fact that it has bottomless pits and you can fall through the sky, it's very hard. Not it, it is that. it is challenging, yes, but I think by this point in time, your skills are high enough where you're not actually doing that as often in Rainbow Ride. You know, like yeah. by this point in the game, you're good enough to where you can handle it for the most part. And yes, you can get caught up on going all the way to the end and then fucking up at the last minute as i did with the stupid house and getting set on fire and then having to do it again but when you were by the boat like two or three times when i watched your stream you had the camera on the wrong damn side and you were just like as you got to the boat with the platforms next to the boat you just you didn't even have sight of mario no mario just like was impossible to see and then eventually i realized that i had to have the camera the other (laughs) side in order to actually see what was going on Oh, I couldn't was... believe you even attempted it with the camera on the wrong side. That was just there was one crazy. attempt where I actually got past it when the camera. <laughs> and I think that was the first time I did yeah. it, which is why I was like, "Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> I can do this." You know. Exactly. Um, so I kind of like put myself in a worse position than i should have been in it's the first time i got there and i had the camera on the right side and i still died like i still messed up the platform oh no wow like, yeah um yeah so former wrote in and said hope you two enjoyed the game in my eyes super mario 64 easily holds up in most areas they almost completely nailed how mario should feel in a 3d space with some exceptions such as the weird semicircle he'll sometimes do when you turn around in place which i think that's kind of what i'm talking about in terms of like being by a wall and then like he just doesn't go where you want him to um course design is also generally generally great with one glaring exception in rainbow ride it's astonishing how much they got right on their first attempt and many elements like the size of the words worlds have become assets that contribute to the game's fast pace and pick up and play nature uh didn't, didn't get much um you know uh exploration of of why rainbow ride right, is exactly. a glaring exception there say. but um but i can understand why people dislike this stage i think it is to do with it's it's a bit disjointed right it doesn't feel like a lot of cohesion to rainbow ride it does this by far feels the most like a mario galaxy stage than any other one in the game to me in terms of random areas floating in the sky i'd say with um, the exception of the routes uh, leading up to bowser which we can get to yes exactly yeah those also have and also like kind of uh, the mario sunshine stages as well the the floodless ones have that right. similar vibe going on um, all what we're saying is mario galaxy was kind of a glint in the milkman's eye all the way back in 64 and um, before it was finally birthed in in galaxy but i actually think the levels leading up to bowser and stuff like rainbow ride feel more like 3d world than they do galaxy i mean yeah what, I'm, what i mean by that is 3d world's moveset feels a bit more like 64 in the sense that galaxy do have the air control with the spin and i've already yeah. said like i think mario feels a bit doughier a bit easier to it's hard yeah. to explain but he's galaxy feels a little bit dumbed down i think they do that in, in a number of ways that we can get to when we discuss that game um and in that sense i think 64 feels a lot more like odyssey and 3d world and in particular i think levels like rainbow ride and um like the linear nature of the the levels leading up to the bowser fights feel very 3d world-esque and or like a bit like as you said the floodless levels in sunshine although i think the controls in sunshine feel very different but anyway i think the nature of that design feels very similar and that's what i think i that's when i think this game is at its best sure it's it's kind of like the the um 
step between 2d mario and 3d world in some senses because those bowser levels do in some ways feel like 2d levels right because they are often side on view and you're going on platforming challenges left to right especially with the fire and the jumping yeah and that's why when 3d land came out it was so refreshing i was like this is the blend between 2d and 3d mario everyone's been well, I don't think people have been dying for, but no. when it came, everyone's like, this is refreshing. This is different and unique. And obviously 3D World copied a lot of those ideas. So like, I, I do love that design of Mario games as well. Yeah, for sure. That, that definitely is the case. And I think by this point in the game, you know, you are so confident with Mario and you are moving him around a bunch. And with a couple more comments about like the movement in the game, Toby said, it still controls like a bloody dream. Comboing multiple long jumps, pivoting just at the right time for a side flip feels so good. And I think that for me was almost the case. I think the one thing is the side flip where getting the right... Never mastered the side flip. Getting the right momentum and then backwards again to get yeah. it to activate is a little trickier than I would like it to be. But once you understand like how far you have to go to activate yeah. it, then it really picks up. I find it much harder than like the backflip in Sunshine, like the reverse flip. Well, you'll get to it, man. I'm sure you've done yeah. it a few times, but like when and you're th- turning around and jump and you do the backflip. Sure. And then uh, PR Billy says, movement feels incredible. I know this game doesn't have the extra jump spin, but I was able to use the kick in the air and ground pound to correct my jumps if I under or overshot it respectively. Uh, Mario has a lot of inertia when he stops similar to his 2D counterpart, which I found annoying at first, but got used to over the course of an hour or so. And and yeah, he does have a bit of a slipperiness to him, right? There's the little animation of puff of smoke around his feet um, that is similar in a way to slippery Mario uh, in 2D, but in, in 3D. And it works, works pretty well. Uh, what are we thinking for a rating for Rainbow Ride? I'd like to go with a five. I had a really okay. good time with that level as hard as it is. Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll agree with that, even though I probably would side more. I would side more on four stars and, and uh, for, for kind of both these levels, TikTok and Rainbow. But, um, but you know, I enjoy them enough to where I can, I can see that as a thing. Uh, and yeah, and then maybe just talk about the Bowser stuff generally. Those stages are fun. I like them overall. Yeah. They are good challenges. They definitely feel different from the rest of the game. And as we said, they, they do have that side-on perspective. And again, like talking about Mario Galaxy, there's one part of the final Bowser level where you're literally walking up the side of a wall and round a thing and down again with the fire yeah. shooting out at you. It really has that vibe going on to it that I didn't realize back in the day, but but it's totally there. You can see the groundwork being laid in some senses. It's pretty cheeky them sticking red coins in those levels as well. I, yeah. I, I felt the need to do them on the first two, but, but then by the third, I was like, I'm not doing the red coins. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're really quite challenging to get them all and often they're like really unfairly hidden just like in a box somewhere or hidden around a corner or like they would sometimes create tiny little platforms that are just beyond like your eye line with the camera that you have to walk right up to before you can see it and kind of get the red coins so it's fun but i love those levels they're hidden they're hidden in a way that is uh, sometimes frustrating but um but yeah they they're all right they do the job um I do think that the Bowser fights are pretty underwhelming generally, right? Like, yep. And you've got to forgive Nintendo for this being their first 3D game. And, uh, you know, as we've mentioned, I don't think the boss fights are particularly great. And maybe that's like, maybe that's a thing Nintendo and Mario haven't super figured out properly, aside from, I would say, the 3D land and 3D worlds of this world who actually figure really? out that like a final boss fight should be more platforming focused as opposed to this yeah. weird actiony thing i know? like the take of 3d line and 3d world but i think the boss fights in 
galaxy odyssey and sunshine are all great and i think what all those three games do that make the boss fight so fun is that they're almost all associated with a specific power-up often or yeah, yeah. for example even in galaxy the early boss fights it's like timing with the ping pong balls and spinning back attacks like i think all those boss fights are fantastic as much as they're guilty of repetition often i do think that they are some really good boss fights in comparison to 64s yeah and i think the other thing that i was mentioning to you before we started recording was fighting bowser on ds was so much easier because you had the bottom screen to look at to see where you were angled in relation to all the bombs versus here where you have to kind of like move the camera a little and try and zoom out and try and figure out where you're actually throwing him and even then when you throw him it's a crapshoot unless you're like right next to the bomb um for the most part those fights are just a bit of a luck it just feels like you're spinning bowser really fast just unless you're really near um one of the bombs at the edge of the stage which you can't be when the stage becomes a star um just feels like luck (laughs) it's like it's almost impossible to time it is awkward uh and it is a bit of a pain but you know bowser is uh you know he's he's there to be swung and thrown uh unfortunately we no longer have so long gay bowser uh which was cut out of this version uh, and that's a shame but um you know these stages are I'm surprised fun. i didn't I... re-record it just more clearly where it's like so long king yeah. <laughs> like, you know. like a really poorly edited like <laughs> word just thrown in there yeah that that would have been a, a thing for sure but um <laughs> you know like you can actually replenish health which i didn't realize of like oh just wait until all the fire happens and then it'll disappear and some coins will pop out so you do have a kind of reliable way for you to get yourself back to full because yeah. i believe if you die having gone into the bowser fight it does start you right before it again it does that with a few of the boss fights in this game like with the shifting sandlands once you get inside the pyramid if you die to the hand boss it does load you back into that boss fight yeah instead of having to do the stupid fucking stand on the pillars again Um, yeah so stand on the four pillars yes for sure um so so generally that uh i think that probably wraps us overall on mario 64 bali um are there any other things that you want to say about this video game we've kind of gone super in depth on every single part of this game um i i think i've said everything i wanted to say um just a lot more stars that are very puzzle related than i had realized going in um and as someone who i definitely as i've already said enjoyed the stars where it is about executing an action rather than working something out um and there could have been maybe a few more of those stars i would have enjoyed a bit more i think yeah no i i totally get that and um i think overall i'm positive on it i like it i i think that as a game i would love for it to be properly remade i've come out of this being like man but what if this and what if it had a proper camera and and what if some of these like little kinks were ironed out it could really be like similar to how i feel like if super metroid was remade in the zero mission engine that would be a perfect video game like mario 64 is is so close to being that it's just some of the eccentricities of of its control and and its kind of age really the creaks are there and you feel them um and 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 you also have this kind of idea of what it could be with stuff like uh once fortress being remade in galaxy 2 right and the 
the uh, Mushroom Kingdom kingdom. In yeah, in Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah, like, oh my goodness. They they do like playing with that nostalgia. It seems weird that I guess 35 isn't the most notorious anniversary perhaps. But um, Yeah, and, and Toby also said, side note, Nintendo are incredibly lazy for not doing anything to this game. It should have been a full HD remake with Odyssey's engine. We just take the scraps we're fed from them. Very true, because we all have, true. have been playing I, this I game anyway, right? Sorry, say that again. No, we, I'm just saying we've all been playing this game anyway. So Nintendo got us, right? It, so. Yeah, we thought this was a great time to do this for the show and, you know, talk about these games. So I, I'm happy to play them in that sense, but I probably wouldn't have bought them and picked them up otherwise. I was just going to say, I put out a Twitter poll saying, will we get an HD Mario 64 remake before his 50th anniversary? And most people said no. And I thought, you know what, my my twitter followers they know nintendo too well they, yeah, they, they really do. they really know them <laughs> well maybe we've just made them all so cynical that they you know <laughs> i mean fallen down do you track. think we're gonna get that hd remake at some point and will it be before the 50th anniversary i mean i could see it being on the 50th anniversary yeah. you know like <laughs> no, right on that day You're 15 uh, years away yeah well oh my god it's fine we'll have plenty of new mario games to hold it over till then i'm sure yeah i um, exactly i am more excited for new mario games than i am for the hd remake of 64 as much as people obviously want that remake and i will be happy when that remake eventually does come out and i will give it a go um because i had a good time with this uh, I'd like to close out with this email from Rachel uh, from Kent in the UK who wrote in, I think probably mirrors, maybe a little more negative on the game than us, I probably kind of mirrors our, our sentiments and says, Hi Bally and MBZ, hope you and yours are well amongst everything going on. I'm writing in with some of my thoughts about Super Mario 64, having now collected all 120 stars, something which neither of us did. That's the difference. <laughs> that is, maybe that's the difference, maybe that's the reason she's less positive on it. Yes. Um, I think perhaps similar to you, I first played this game in its DS form and despite getting what is all 150 stars in that game several times and picking up the n64 cartridge some years ago this is the first time i've got every star in the original game by way of 3d all-stars i have no nostalgia for it and wasn't there for its release and the revolution it so often is cited for as a result it doesn't land for me as it does for many although i can safely call it a good game and getting all the stars is very much a notch in my belt i feel it's been far surpassed by the 3d mario games that have come since my gripes aren't exactly original mostly camera controls and irksome stars holding back the truly special parts of the game if you bear with me for a slightly strange metaphor it feels like being an atheist in the vatican as much as there are parts that are plainly significant mainly even some which convince you as to its majesty and the memory sure will stick with you it's just not for you you smile you shrug and you book your next holiday for say a more tropical destination dot 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 all the best rachel uh, and yes i mean you know i think i tend to agree with that idea that it has been surpassed uh, by what came after it um in different ways in some ways i would say it does stuff better but than some of those games like there is a, a nature to the snappiness of just the two minute star the, the one and a half minute star you jump in you get it you're out onto the next one which things slow down a lot more after this like there's a lot more involvedness in in sunshine and galaxy and and odyssey is the one that finally kind of gets back to that snappiness but it does something kind of different because you're never taken out of the level again you're just in the level yeah. the whole time it feels like um, all 3d marios have such a strong link to this game obviously and they all go off in their own different crazy ways like as you've said and yes i i i definitely agree with what rachel has said for the most part and you know people do worship this game and i think it gen generally does deserve the worship it gets as like its importance on the video game industry but one caveat to that i would say is you know 
I think it would arguably have had more importance on the video game industry if 3D platformers were a bit more common these days. And the yeah. fact that the fact that 3D platformers, if you're talking about sales or you know commerciality or even critically acclaimed in the video video game industry today, make up such a fraction of like you know what's what we think of as important video games. Like yeah. You know, well, it's the in- thing, right, that happened, uh, like, past that generation is the main verb of video games changed from jump to shoot, right? Like, right. shoot became the main verb, and since then has continued to be the thing going forward. I, I'd, go, I'd go even wider and suggest games like Ocarina of Time are more important where adventure games in that sense and dungeons and bosses and in the, in the zelda sense have gone on to inspire far wider more games that have critical and commercial impact on the industry right. than the 3d platform was the mario 64 genesis perhaps you know like and, and i think part of that is because it's much harder to like make something an rpg from a from a platformer right you can see the the roots of zelda in more modern like even games like destiny and leveling systems yeah. and things like that you know totally. um, and how it's kind of evolved from there but but mario platforming is much harder to i don't know yeah get working in that sense. and it is mad that we are 24 years on from mario 64 and in some senses no one's really even come close to ma- matching nintendo when it comes to 3d platforming like there are some very good 3d platformers out there sure and i know that this most recent crash bandicoot sounds really good and there's games like ratchet and clank and spyros in and amongst there but from what i've played they don't really come close to like that 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 lineage of mario and i think that's yeah. a, that's a crazy thing to think about um in sort of the history of 3d platformers that all started with mario 64 it did indeed um and and yeah mario 64 a very good video game we enjoyed going back to it and we hope you uh, did as well and thanks everybody for writing in giving us your thoughts uh, about the game but it's not about to stop here bally we're going to be back with a vengeance uh, in a little bit of time. We're going to take a bit of a break, but we will be back talking about Super Mario Sunshine when? It will be episode 183, and that will come out on Monday, the 23rd of November. Yes. Uh, so if you have thoughts about Super Mario Sunshine, if you haven't started it in the collection yet, get going i've started it i will likely stream a lot of me playing mario sunshine because i want torture to be broadcast throughout the internet i've, I've heard some very frustrating things about like completion and you need a certain number of shines to unlock certain things that i had never realized when i was younger yes that's one of the things that we didn't really talk about uh, aside from the start of this um section was mario 64 has the freedom of going pretty much anywhere to get whatever stars you want to mash together 70 stars to get to the end like it doesn't really matter where you get them from as long as you have that number you're free to go sunshine doesn't unlock itself until you have beaten the seven main shines in each of the stages you have to have completed them all in sunshine yes you have to you need the first seven yes of every stage otherwise the final boss doesn't open for you that's how it works so fun times so, yes. fun times i'm excited oh boy and we're not touching blue coins before anyone asks no i yes no <laughs> and if you can not. get the pachinko shine we don't believe you yeah <laughs> it's a lie <laughs> it's a lie uh great well let's wrap things up then bally um 
where can people find us on the internet uh twitter patreon things like that let's go for patreon first we have uh, a patreon you can support us at patreon.com slash this nintendo life we'd love to thank some of our supporters uh, for supporting us yes thank you to our ten dollar tier patrons they are zach s atari alex thomas matthew and my fiance caroline thank you so much for all your support um it's hugely appreciated uh we'll have another episode of this non-tendo life coming out next week where we're going to yes. be talking about everything away from nintendo um and you can listen to all those episodes of non-tendo life for a single dollar so we Absolutely. would hugely appreciate the support if you want to support us over there on patreon.com forward slash this nintendo life fantastic uh obviously you can send your emails into the show if you want to uh be included on the mara sunshine episode as well as uh, just general emails uh, for us uh, you can send them to our email address which is bally this nintendo life at gmail.com that is this nintendo life at gmail.com we want your sunshine thoughts absolutely uh you can also go to our discord uh, which is linked in the description and uh, i think we're going to be starting to get people to chat over there about sunshine and, and give their opinions on there too um and uh and yeah you can find us all over the place we're on itunes we're on stitcher we're on TuneIn, we're on whatever podcatching app you have just search for this nintendo life subscribe and get it to your podcasting app every time we upload an episode without even having to uh, go look for it it's just there it's beautiful it's wonderful uh you can uh, obviously find us over on the social medias uh on twitter we are at tnl podcast that has links to our discord to our youtube to all the things we're doing telling you polls um memes we've got a uh, bally you know funky kong new funky mode is coming this uh winter for the nintendo life that's a fun thing um and uh yeah you can find me at lord nbz um did i say the name of the twitter it's at tnl yeah, podcast at by TNL the way podcast. at tnl podcast uh i'm lord nbz where i'm tweeting about how i'm playing hades non-stop and it's my life now um bally how about you i'm playing a lot of hades as well and you can see all my thoughts um at ballyman 91 that's b-a-l-l-y-m-a-n-9-1 fantastic uh that's gonna close us out big show this week uh like three hours i think but hey we had a lot to say about mario 64 we hope you enjoyed we'll be back in a couple of weeks time with another episode for you until then thanks everybody for listening i'll see you very soon bye-bye folks (laughs) 